I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Bone Boy and Phoenix. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. That's true. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of The Lotus Effect, where the show's made up and the content, well, doesn't matter. I am Phone Boy. So we finally <laughs> met the man whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah! And I'm Phoenix. We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't send us your shit. shit. <laughs> oh, 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 now, now we know Let the truth Let me start about- this off by clearly stating that I'm better than everyone. Oh, this is grand. It's, it's going to be fashion. one of those shows already. Well, wow. What was, I think that's a record phone boy. <laughs> Three seconds in past the introduction. We didn't even get through our, in our own personal introductions before it went completely tits up and they're not mine. <laughs> tits up and they're not mine. That might, we were already, we're already, we're there. already busting off <laughs> show titles. There we go. So in any case, um, now you know why we said to strap in because i mean i'm just saying it's going to be a wild ride as i said on you know and and a uh this morning on the social i said you know it's going to be a wild ride i i it was like i was prophetic yeah because it's all right the wheels have already come off this wagon yeah and we didn't even get it down the road either that's right by the way wheels off the wagon yeah wheels off the wagon yeah exactly yeah so we gotta yeah this is this is gonna be it's gonna be one of those shows so i'm gonna put this train back on the tracks and say that today's show we will be talking about a topic near and dear to both of our hearts narcissism yeah and and yeah, it's uh you know uh and, and it's really yeah. It, there's just there we've unfortunately been living with this reality. We didn't realize how long we were living with this reality, and so we got a lot of experience with it. Although you know the you know there's just a bit uh, yeah just a bit. So um so I would like to point out that uh that that of course this is a value for value production, and uh, we I don't I don't think that there are I don't think that there are any. Uh, any donations that have come in, uh, we do take your fiat fund coupons uh, through PayPal and, and and that sort of thing, or you can uh, or you can use a, one of the nude podcasting apps. So go to nudepodcastapps.com because uh, Phoenix and Phone Boy are uh, part of the nude world order. And that's right, we are. Yeah. So uh, you know, so we're here to take over how you view podcasting. There you go. So. Um, and uh, and and honestly, but you know, of course, I meant the, the clip I ended up playing. This is what happens. Uh, 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 you know, this, this is you know, as as this clip says that I played earlier, the, already screwed things up. We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't, don't send, send us your shit. shit. Yeah, um, but but yeah, yeah, send us send us satoshis. You know, boost me, bitch. Exactly. Send us some fiat fun coupons. You know, whatever value. Troll us in the chat. Lotus Effect chat. 
listen live like you are now, either on the No Agenda stream or at lotuseffect.stream. Or you can also, you know, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell the guy next door. Isn't that the same? That's the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, our, our show is normally on uh, you know, uh, Saturdays at 4 p.m. Central right. uh, time. Uh, so you know, you do the calculation. But of course, we're always, always the show is available at lotuseffect.show if you want to go listen to it after the fact. Uh, and if you really want to be audacious, if you really love us that much you could always join us in in the nude movement and run down the street nude yelling listen to lotus effect (laughs) my well um we do have a hey we have a refire topic this week um and and it's that's right and i know we actually have one to play uh so but uh, for those of you who are listening live if you uh, have if you uh want to tell us about the worst job you've ever had you can you can leave a a a voicemail that uh, that google voice can mangle your transcription on uh, at 253-237-3321 and uh, we'll play them uh play them a little bit later in the show and um and that's and that's how we're going to do that. Uh, so, and we really do love getting voicemails. I, I truly adore the fact that people take their valuable time. Again, this is part of the value for value. Taking your valuable time to call us on either that topic or any former topic that we may have put out on the refire. So, thank you in advance for all of the voicemails that we may or may not get on our show. Yeah, and and honestly, even if you just want to say hello, give us a call. We'll we'll, we'll take we'll take care of that. So, um, so um, so the the really so really um, you know part of our our own journey is uh, that, that we've had over the that we've had over the last several months is is um, yeah. There's been a lot of discoveries have been made, and I think um, I think we we both we both realized uh, separately as I started going through some of the stuff that my um, that that my not soon enough X has uh, you know has has done and going back through it all, and it's just it became really obvious uh, by that uh, that she, what she, what she what I think she is anyway. Of course, you know, it's just my opinion, but um, and and actually and actually I'd say that the other the, the other you know and my my uh, partner in crime here. Uh, had a similar experience, in fact, and you know that's a yeah. Except for, I mean, I did have enough balls at the end to tell, or near the end at least, to tell him, you know, you're a fucking narcissist. And of course, in grand narcissist fashion, he vehemently denied it and made it out that I was nuts. Well, I may be nuts, but I'm not the one who emailed me first thing this morning with a YouTube song link to Rihanna. And Slim Shady's Love the Way You Lie. So I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not bitter, but fuck you, Scott. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, and yeah, and I think, um, yeah, it's, it, I, you know, unfortunately in my situation, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, not going to, yeah. And, and honestly, I think there's a, you know, we, we've, 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 ex- we've experienced uh, similar, I'd say similar narcissistic traits. And uh, yeah. And so it was, and it was only really, um, and it was only in like in the last, I don't know, we've been, I don't know. We've been digging into this for what, like a, a good month or two at this point, uh, as far as much. Oh, at least. And it actually started as just a simple, um, because, you know, I'm, with driving, I was always trying to find something to listen to. I wasn't watching it. I was just listening to the content and I would pick just random videos that caught my interest and I started uh, down a little rabbit hole. I mean, it, I, I it, my recollection is I started down a rabbit hole on narcissism videos, sent you one and kind of said, hey, ha ha ha, we've been talking about this, you know, 
behind, you know, behind the mic and, you know, look at this. I mean, holy shit, we both had a hell of an experience. And from there, of course, you know, phone boy being phone boy, uh, started doing his own research and we would kind of toss videos back and forth at each other. Like, you know, you got to see this one. Have you seen that one? And we would just talk about it. And we've been talking for a while about doing it as a show topic. It's been on the quote unquote menu for several weeks. And we just decided this week that we were going to clear the decks and have almost all new menu items. We do have one lingering, but we'll uh, we'll probably do that next week just to get it off the boards and then start completely clean. But we'll be back to putting out the poll for the pedal heads to vote on what they want to hear for their Saturday dish. Yeah, and that's yeah we do that again. It's a, it's a way to uh, yeah uh, get input without tipping our hand exactly what we're doing. So um, so it, it is kind of a it, as I say it's a fun thing. And yeah, this, with everything that was going on this week, um, yeah, having to do a third show um, that would that ended up being the um, yeah it was like okay well I guess we're uh, I guess we're, we need to do this. I, mean, I think we we realized that we're going to do this topic. It just we just kind of looked at each other and went yeah we're do, we we have to do this topic. This is the especially with what you went through. Um, well, earlier this week. Well, the irony is that all through this whole divorce process, things have been, for the most part, pretty amicable between myself and my ex. And then once everything was signed, sealed, and delivered, yeah, that's when that's when he really flipped shit and started just being a complete dickbag in the category of narcissism. I mean, he was, he was, he was pretty, you know, pretty high on that spectrum to begin with, but I think he burst the bubble, if you will. He, he definitely smashed through the ceiling with the shit that he's been pulling as of late. And the funny thing is, he actually probably thinks that he's getting to me. He probably thinks that he's affecting me. And that's the funny thing, is that if I gave even a fuck, it would no longer be to him. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, let's uh, okay. So let's dig into what. Okay, so we're we're talking about narcissism. Let's let's actually let's actually describe it here. So we'll go through the. Um, we'll we'll start with uh, you know we'll as a definition we'll go ahead and start that and we uh, um, so, um, so a mental so um a, 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 there's a so a narcissism is a mental disorder with exaggerated feelings of self importance but low self-esteem. While we don't know why exactly, uh, narcissistic personality disorder is often associated with an individual's upbringing. And as it turns out, when we were trying to figure out, try to figure out how we're going to pull this episode off, we, we, by the universe guided us to this video on why Peggy Hill is a narcissist, uh, and, and, and actually use Peggy Hill as a, as a, as an example of what a narcissist is. Yeah, and we'll actually be playing that clip for you a little later on in the show, and we highly recommend, because of course you can't get the visual on it over the airwaves, if you will, we highly recommend clicking the link in the show notes and checking it out for yourself. Yeah. So, but uh, but I think, and it's actually we talk about upbringing. There's we have a clip of, of you know the why you know, why at least this this uh, this dude who's who is analyzing cartoons, uh, analyzing cartoons maybe um, is uh, you know why he thinks. She's a narcissist. The background of her narcissism stems from her mother belittling her as a child. Yeah, um, it, it, that's and, and and it's and actually I could I could say you know that there, there's a based on what I have seen at least with my not soon enough ex uh, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. 
I can't even speak to that with my ex because I have no idea really what his mom was like and I don't know maybe his dad did have you know some characteristics of it I do know his stepmother's passive aggressive as fuck yeah well there's you know I think there's some learned traits uh, with some of that stuff um so well, just, and you know what the irony is just to add a add a little bit into this the fact that my oldest son is like he's the worst kind of narcissist and that's you know we'll we'll address that in in the list later in the subcategories but i think the reason that my ex and my oldest son could never get along is because of the fact that narcissists of a feather can't stand to flock together well narcissists yeah narcissism doesn't doesn't work with nar- yeah yeah it's like it, it's like competition oh exactly they're both i mean it explains the whole it explains the whole reason why my ex wanted to get me as far away from my father as humanly possible, because hello, another classic narcissist, how I ended up normal, God only knows. And then, of course, you know, you have my ex, you have my oldest son, and, you know, a passive-aggressive stepmother. Oh, God, I, what the hell was I thinking? I'm still asking myself that. But nonetheless, let's proceed with our show. Let's proceed, yes. So... um in any case, um, the uh, so narcissism is characterized by an increased sense of self-importance and excessive urge for admiration. The individual has trouble taking criticism and looks down on others with a socially distressing behavior. And we and there's and common symptoms you might see include being overly boastful, exaggerating one's own achievements, pretending to be superior to others, lack of empathy for others, looking down on others as inferior, monopolizing conversations, impatient, angry, unhappy, depressed, or has mood swings when criticized, easily disappointed when inspected importance is not given, always craves for the best in everything, has a very fragile self-esteem. Um, and yeah, I mean... Those all sound uh, a little bit familiar. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, you want to go through the causes? And of- yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, you know, the, the causes of this, it's quite interesting that the first thing that's listed in the research we did was parenting style, either excessive pampering or criticism. Or both. Or both. That's true. You yeah. know, that is possible as well. I mean, if you think about it, honestly, you know, I kind of had... <clears throat> Excuse me, I kind of had a a little bit of that in the fact that my mother was super subservient and my father was a narcissistic control freak. And from him, I never felt like he loved me. She tried to be the positive, the only shining light that I had in my life when I was growing up because it felt like everyone else around me was just not i mean they they hated me yeah you know when i say i was the black sheep on both sides of my family okay seriously so yeah i i I have made i have made the joke that i'm the white sheep of the family but that's a that's only because you're fucking casper white get a tan you skinny prick but anyway (laughs) i'm just kidding and you know (laughs) for anyone listening i love this man more than i can say okay i i live and die every day that he's in my life i i joke when i say shit like that i i truly care about him i would never no anyway sorry i'm i still have my own traumas anywho uh some of the other causes are genetic changes changes in the structure or functioning of the brain 
Um, Some of the risk factors can include a family history of mental health disorders, unpleasant family life during childhood, or conduct disorder during childhood. So, I mean... Yeah, who knows? I mean, and and I think, I don't think, I think the general, you know, some of the research I've done is these are just basic guesses. Um, They don't really know, right? Um, And, you know, I've, you know, I I think I I think one of my higher um, theories was uh, that 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 that, uh, narcissists are getting get possessed by demons or something. Uh, Yeah, you know, I've heard stuff like that, too. I think that's a cop out for them not to have to take culpability for just being all around shitheads. Well, that doesn't mean, yeah, that doesn't mean you you get your it's not your fault. Right. Or that you can't do something about it. Right. but that's but anyway, um, well, okay. Let's talk. How do we? Okay, how do you prevent narcissism? Well, this you know, th- and this is really funny because you think run about, like hell. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, prevent that's the prevention from dealing with the effects of a narcissist. But yeah, um, so um, they talk about child abuse, both mental and physical, physical and mental and intimate partner abuse may be predisposing factors. Uh, avoid domestic violence. Quit alcohol and smoking. Avoid drug abuse. It's like okay, you you're not. It's the same. The By the time you encounter finds- a narcissist, yeah, yeah, that shit's out the window. It's like this is prevention. Well, you know, okay, wait yeah. though. Wait, wait, wait. Here's here's how I read that. Okay, try try to because I'm sure you haven't thought about it yet okay you it's kind of like when you go to a psychic okay Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying i don't believe in psychics okay i'm not going to disrespect you know somebody if they truly have a gift and whatnot but a lot of these fake ass psychics you go there and you know they've people fill out a questionnaire before you go and then they get totally amazed because of the fact that, oh, my God, you must be communicating with a spirit because you knew this. No one else knew this. Yeah, except for um, the person who knew how to be behind the scenes punching the buttons like, uh, you know, dudes named Ben who are feeding this fucking info to the psychic through his little earpiece. I kind of equate that like, oh, gee, if you don't want somebody to be a fucking psycho, uh, don't raise him in a domestically abusive environment. Uh, don't drink and smoke around him and don't do drugs around him. Holy fucking shit. It's the answer to life, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, and I think, and, and yeah, I mean, first of all, the, you know, the, the, it, it's like the old joke, you know, how, how, you know, uh, you know, how many shrinks does it take to change a light bulb? One, but the light bulb has to want to change, right? And exactly. And, you know, most narcissists don't want to change. Um, and that's what, and, and they, most of them don't know. It's yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different discussion. Um, now, what are some of the complications of of, of a um, you know of, of narcissism? Well, so disturbance in social settings at home, school, or office, um, depression, drug or alcohol abuse, suicidal thoughts. Ooh, yeah. Well, okay. I'm just gonna put it out there. You don't have to have a narcissist in your life to have depression, abuse drugs and alcohol, or have suicidal issues. Just just saying. So again, are are we just grasping at straws? Am I the only one that sees this? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. So um, you want to you want to go into the types of narcissists? I would love to go into the types of narcissists. So there are actually two main types of narcissists. You have the classic and the closet. Now, the classic narcissist. This is a person who craves the spotlight. Someone who has to hog the attention. A person who's manipulative and uses other people to further their own advantage. Classic narcissists are entitled, 
cold, and have no empathy for other people's feelings. They can suffer from God complexes and think everyone is here to serve their needs. The classic narcissist has a need for power, recognition, and they make sure everyone knows how special they are. Okay, I'm going to say it, fun boy. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, there you go. I should do that. Yeah. But, um, mute buttons are a thing. Mute buttons are a thing, and it's not just me that's in control of them. Um, the, the cl- but, let, but let's talk about the closet narcissist. Okay, in my own defense on that, I did try to give you a little hand signal saying, you know, hey, your mute button yeah, is okay. on. When I started talking, apparently I gave you the wrong hand <laughs> signal. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the closet narcissist for a second. Their, their feelings of narcissism stem from self-loathing and hatred. So they will put on a mask to win approval. Um, the closet narciss- narcissists are obsessed with recognition and attention or, and are envious of those around them who have it. Closet narcissists form a relationship with a certain person or brand to boost their own personal profile. Closet narcissists want to feel special, but they are more insecure about their feelings. They still have this sense of entitlement and lack of empathy, but are not as confident as the classic narcissist. Instead, they piggyback another person's success and use the halo effect to bask in their glory. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, yep. So, yeah, I don't need to say, I don't think we need to say any more about that. Uh, you want to you go into the subtypes of... Uh, oh, you know how much I love subs. <laughs> go on. And I don't mean the ones on bread. Hey-o! All right, go on. So, we have four sub-classifications or subtypes of narcissists. The toxic narcissist. They will find any angle to get into your life, and once they're there, they'll cause nothing but destruction. Toxic narcissists are demanding and attention-seeking. They're exhausting to be around. Everything they touch is toxic or ends up damaged. You'll find that you lose friends, family members, even money or your job whenever they're involved. I, I'm actually, when, as you read through that, I'm actually wondering if... My mother at the at the end because she because that describes my mother at the end. Well, I mean, we can sit and go through the the nine uh, things off behind the mic. Yeah, maybe if that is a rabbit hole you want to dive down. Yeah, I just it's just it was just kind of like a whoa, like that's a you know it kind of hit home, right? I mean, yeah, it's interesting how you can read through something and. You, you can read through something like multiple times and you're going to find or pick up something different every time, something you didn't notice the first time or whatever. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, exactly. And because and, and, we've been through this a few times. So this is a, and this is a new thing. And I'm not and, you know, I don't I don't think it makes any difference, you know, whether my mother's a narcissist or not. Uh, my, my mom passed away a long time ago. So um, I'm not I'm not worried about it. It's, it was just kind of an oh, that kind of took in that moment. I, I was I kind of reacted. So um yeah, so. but you know what I have found is in later years when the people who we had, you know, issues with have passed on and then a new piece of information like this comes to light and it maybe helps you to understand the person and maybe lessen the anger that you have toward them for whatever it was you were harboring it. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and this is, a, I mean, a lot of what we're doing in the show, um, it, it, it is, it's almost there. It's almost a self therapy in a sense. Right. Um, you know, and I think it's actually that, uh, it, it's because, yeah, there's, a, we've, we've had a bit of a, trauma and we're trying to we're trying to ascend to a higher consciousness and yeah we're going through a lot of different things in this part of that process uh it's not just you know it's not just me- it's you know mental physical spiritual the whole you know the whole nine yards as it were so yeah it's kind of like if the experiences that we've had in our life because i kind of feel like in our no agenda community we're in a sense we're kind of we're, we're kind of in the uh the parent group you know you you got the kids which is you know, the guys over there behind the schemes and, uh, you know, bowl after bowl. And yeah. Abs in a six pack. They, you know, they're, they're kids compared to the, the age we have attained. You know, we're in the old fart category like Adam and John and uh, Sir Bemrose and Darren and all those folks. Exactly. So, yeah, we're, yeah, we got, we got a few, um, you know, so we have some, we're, you know, we're seasoned years or whatever the heck you want to call them. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely seasoned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, seasoned with what? Who knows? Uh, um, <laughs> well, I, I for one know I'm extremely salty. <laughs> well, well, you know. So this is. Um, but our our life experience, coupled with the research that we do, I think lends to a wonderful mix. You know, kind of like a nice mix of uh, you know CBD and THC, where you grind it all up and you shake it all up and you roll it all up and then you smoke it on down. And you experience the lotus effect. That's right. Um, let's talk about the communal narcissist for a second. So the, they come across as the most caring and warm person in the room. They get their attention by being liked and trusted. This is the person you will go to or share a secret or confide with. The communal narcissist is trustworthy and selfless. They appear to put others first and are altruistic. This is just a mask. By appearing to be kind and warm, they are feeding their own need for validation and self-worth bingo boom shakalaka i have nothing i can say on that Mm, okay um okay the sexual that one does not apply to my ex i'm I'm, i mean i'm just i'm just gonna put it out there yeah that does not apply to my ex at all because if anything he was the polar opposite of that he was not social he he definitely put on the mask though you know, most definitely there was, there was often a mask. I saw what was underneath that mask more often than not. And, you know, that mask made me look like I was the one who was being, you know, judgmental, unfair or whatever. When, you know, in, in reality, it, it was easier just to shrink back than to continue to be put on display in a false light. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I got you. But uh, this is uh, okay. We got two more here. We'll go through Um, the sex. I'm going to do the sexual one. Are you okay? Well, you know, sex is my forte. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, oh. So the sexual narcissist, they will bombard you with compliments in order to win your heart. You might feel as if this is your soulmate or the love of your life. They pretend to love the things that you like to get closer to you. They love bomb you and flatter you to sweep you off your feet. You feel as if you're in a whirlwind fairy tale romance. Then, once they've gotten whatever it is they want from you, they ghost you or dump you without ceremony. Oh boy. Yeah, well, I have not encountered any of these, thankfully. Don't think that I can say that I have. Well, 
maybe my first ex-husband. Mm. I mean, thinking about it. Maybe. I, I seem to attract narcissists, which, you know. Well, I mean. I think, it, no, it's in all seriousness, that, oh, homeboy, yeah. I know that you remember that I've made the statement to you that you're unlike any, you know, any man I've ever been with and right. pretty much any relationship I've ever had. I think that could have a large piece to do with it yeah. is because of the fact that the relationship, you know, the serious relationships that I've been in have been with narcissistic people because, you know, again, my father was, and it's kind of an ingrained thing, you know, all <laughs> daddy's little girl wants to marry daddy. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's kind of like that thing, you know, when, yeah. when you're young because dad is your hero type thing. Yeah. And that's what I think ultimately, you know, with the fucked up childhood that I had, somehow that implanted in my brain that I didn't deserve any better than what I you know, watched as I grew up. And even though, you know, I often told my mother that, you know, I learned what I wanted out of a relationship um, by watching my parents and the exact opposite is, is what I wanted. But I guess subconsciously, despite the fact of what I wanted, I still was gravitated toward narcissists. And yeah, I think, I think my first ex could definitely be in that category because the, the biggest complaint that I had, other than he was a thieving, lying piece of shit, is that he would fuck anything that would stand still long enough and lie about it and even be, you know, in my car as I'm in labor with our oldest son making out with that heifer. I mean, seriously, I, I did not make good choices. I'm just saying, Phoenix's life before phone boy, woo. Yeah. I'm just so, saying. Yeah. So, did um, not realize what bad choices I was making. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's never too late to get it right, I guess. Um, so, as I'm learning. Yeah. So, all right. And then uh, let's talk about the psychopathic narcissist. Uh, of all the types of narcissists, the psychopathic narcissist is the one you should absolutely avoid uh, because they do things like have glibness, superficial charm, a grandiose sense of self-worth, a pathological liar, ma uh, manipulating others, a lack of remorse or guilt, shallow of affect, uh, a lack of empathy, failure to accept responsibility, stimulation-seeking behavior, impulsivity, irresponsible behavior, parasitic lifestyle, a lack of realistic life goals. My son... Ladies and gentlemen, is a psychopathic narcissist, undiagnosed. I'm going to say it right now, and I don't care if it upsets anyone. That right there, you just described pretty much every single personality trait that my son possesses. And I will guarantee you that Wookiee is listening to this show right now, as well as my mom, and they are viciously shaking their head up and down in agreement. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to play this clip by, by law. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You know, I mean... Oh, absolutely. Just my opinion. And pretty much um, this whole show, <laughs> when it comes to that, uh, as far as my content, is just my opinion. That's right. Yeah. There may or may not be some fact within it. Yeah, you know, there is. Stuff I, I may or may not decide. be saying my opinion, yeah, for that matter. Yeah. Don't worry, phone boy. I'm not touching your mute button. Okay. <laughs> um. But 
it's say it is it, 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 so why the psychopathic narcissist is the most dangerous of all uh, is uh, types of narcissists it is at the point of rejection it appears that coupled with a fear of rejection combined with an entitled sense of possession leads this type of narcissist to behave aggressively you see this sort of over-the-top behavior in abuse, abusive narcissistic relationships where one partner tells the other you can never leave me i will kill you before i allow that to happen and they do um i i need I need to, I really need to go on this one. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there for the pedal heads. Okay. Because I'm sure that it'll be public knowledge, you know, sooner than later that my oldest son, like I said, he is a psychopathic narcissist and I can pretty much prove it to you. There is a recording that was made of the last time he went off and he went off on my mother. Okay. Because she would not let him borrow her vehicle or lend her money. The things that he did and the things that he said resulted in my youngest son having to take violent action against his brother and subsequently has landed my son behind bars because he struck his older brother with a weapon to stop him from charging because my oldest son is six foot three. My youngest son is about five foot ten, maybe. He's, a, he's about my height, and I'm 5'9". So he did what he had to do because my oldest son was threatening my mother and my youngest son, who wasn't even, you know, he was just listening, was not reacting, just laying on the couch. And when he had listened for 30 minutes to all of the things that he was saying, threatening to kill my mother, to kill him, uh, at one point he stole my mother's car key and then proceeded to smash it. Yeah, he's very much not hinged, and we've tried to get him help to no avail because the mental health system in Tennessee sucks a giant dick. But anyway, long story short, he ends up behind bars because of this, facing a felony. They don't want to hear jack and shit about why he did it, all they care about. And of course, my oldest son played a victim to the absolute perfect hilt because of course we don't ever take any responsibility for the fact that before he was struck he was told to get out of the house he was warned he made the very bad mistake of challenging my youngest son who has more balls than brains at times in this situation especially and there you have it he is now sitting in with a bond that we cannot afford because it's an exorbitant amount of money because he's facing a felony all because of the fact that people made bad mistakes and he is a psychopathic narcissist. Yeah. Or at least that's what we think, right? And uh, and although it's pretty pretty likely uh, based on based on what we know, uh, but you know, we should of course have the um you know, the, uh, the, the disclaimer that, yeah, we're not doctors. We don't play them on the internet. Um, we are intimately familiar with several narcissists, um, cl- including, uh, including their, our exes. And so, uh, we have a, we have a pretty good idea. Uh, you know, but like, I, but like I said before. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. That's right. And our opinion is that the relationships that we were in are that of classic narcissists or the result of a relationship with a classic narcissist. And we're actually going to go through the nine traits that many narcissists have. Now, according to the DSM, which is... It's, it's, yeah, they use the DSM to diagnose uh, mental 
disease. I forget exactly what the, the, di- the diagnosis of. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. I don't remember what the DSM stands for, but. Okay. I, I really wish I had known that because I feel stupid now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel stupid. <laughs> it's probably the weed. Anyway, according to the DSM, you need to have at least five of these traits to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. To demonstrate this, we're using some clips from a video where fictional character Peggy Hill from the animated TV series King of the Hill was analyzed using this framework. The video itself is worth watching, and there's a link to it in the show notes. That's the video I was talking about earlier. Yeah, so uh, Serpent points out in the, in, the, in the troll room in the Pound Lotus Effect, which you can join us live on, the, on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Uh, Central time and uh but uh or you know right or when or on the few times we're on after the no agenda show but uh yeah but, but yeah so dsm stands for the diagnostics and statistical manual of mental disorders thank you serpent you're awesome thank you for yes yeah, saith the book of knowledge say so all hail the, I, yeah i'll hail the book of knowledge yeah there you, there you go so um we okay so um yeah we're so we're going to use the clips from this video to introduce the nine traits and discuss the extent they rep- they apply um, or that we or that we believe they apply so yeah to uh, our respective exes yeah. anyway so we will start with uh, trait number one number one grandiose sense of self-importance yeah so a grandiose sense of self-importance do so you want to start or shall I start oh uh, I'll jump in I don't mind at all okay so the grandiose sense of self-importance in my ex's case came in the form of if he was not the center of attention in my world. Now, I mean, you all know that I've been driving a truck for the last 14 years, more or less. And for the last essentially six of those years, give or take a little, it has been by myself without my ex-husband because he had a heart attack and became disabled, blah, blah. You've all heard me talk about it. Bark, bark, woof, woof. The main thing is thus. If when I was home on the weekend, I was not devoting every waking minute to doing something that involved him, he was not happy and constantly bitched about it no matter what I did. He and and it wasn't productive things. Now I understand, okay, just spending time with somebody can be something as simple as just, you know, watching a television so, show or, you know, snuggling in bed or whatever, but I feel like he wanted more. And by the end of it, you know, it just became a thing where he was, I mean, I started the podcast and oh my God, like how dare I be taking away time from him to do something that made me happy. And this even came up after the divorce. He had made some kind of snarky asshole comment about the fact you know, much like the fact of, you know, well, you'd better be anywhere but here. Well, yeah, because you're here, motherfucker, and I don't want to be. But at the time, I didn't have the courage. You know, I was not yet desensitized to the bullshit, and my amygdala, my amygdala had not yet been shrunk by the wonderful No Agenda show. And I had not met the wonderful man sitting to my direct left, who, after hearing some of the shitty things that my ex would say to me, had just one day been like, why do you let him talk to you like that? You don't deserve to be talked to like that. You're a human being. And it actually got me to thinking. And then the more we talked about the whole weight loss journey and I started losing weight, I started feeling better about myself. 
And in feeling better about myself, I realized what I actually had. I had a job that facilitated me being able to tell my ex to go fuck himself in four different languages and six different positions, and I was going to be okay. Because my Maslow's hierarchy of need was met. I had a place to live, I could afford food, and I could afford my bills, and my cat was with me. At that point, because my kids are grown, I had nothing else that I needed and nothing to lose. So I packed up my bags and my dignity, and I got the fuck out of that narcissistic relationship. And oh yeah, by the way, he still thinks that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in trucking. Guess what? He's right. Because the only reason I took that job, now granted, he went to school with me, but the hell he put me through for me having to have him go to school with me to drive again so we could actually afford, you know, rent and this and that because, of course, he got laid off from his job. Oh, wait, no, he got fired from his job because he could no longer perform the job. And that's when all this bullshit started about how, oh, my back, my this, my that, I can't this, I can't that. But yeah, you know what you also couldn't do, you fat son of a bitch? You couldn't lose weight, could you? You couldn't do what I just did. 80 pounds down, ladies and gentlemen. Can we hear it for the Phoenix? Hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay? If I could do it, anybody could do it. Yeah. But the point of the matter is this, he's right. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in the trucking industry. So I guess maybe to some degree, because I can't say that the industry hasn't provided me a lot of things. It made it where I was able to give my children a good home and, you know, try to give them, I mean, not necessarily everything they wanted in life, but at least give them more than I had. And not at the price I had to pay, essentially. Yeah. Well, so, you know, in that, yes. Okay, I have to say, you know... Thank you, Scott, for the fact that you endured that horrible career of six whole years with me. It must have been such a hardship to have all your bills paid and someone who worshipped the ground that you walked on, you selfish prick. (sighs) Sorry, I needed to get that out, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be much better by the time we get to the next trait. And away we go. Except, hey, wait a minute. But yeah, but I got to talk about... Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's that narcissist in me just stepping all over you there, phone boy. I just totally glazed over the fact I haven't heard your story. So please feel free. All right. So I I think the best example I can give of this is um, so. um, So, yeah, I I, if if you notice, my last name is hyphenated and. Um, yeah, and, and that that and yeah, and the, that that the the second name on that is hers. Now, um, she when we when we got uh, when we got married uh, the second when we got married the second time. So the, so the you know the first wedding was the was the private wedding that uh, that uh, you know that, that we had, and then two years later on the same day we got we got you know we we got married again. Uh, so after that, yeah, we had the discuss- We she did not want to take my last name, and I didn't really want to take hers, and so we decided to do a coin flip. Uh, yeah, and I got and uh, yeah, I it was a it was a uh, the best of five, and I lost. And um, and I almost um, I almost took her name entirely, but then I thought better of it, and I'm glad I did because uh, now I'm just ready to uh, actually actually fu- there's a funny anecdote that happened. Um, so uh, the last real conversation I had with her in, in probably November uh, was uh, about about things. Uh, she'd asked me, "Hey, have you applied for credit in your?" 
in, in your, you know, basically your, you know, your, your, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you call it as a, as a male, but you know, you know, without, you know, basically without, the, basically without name. The, yeah, it's still maybe maiden name, whatever. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm like, no, I haven't applied for anything. And it's just, it's so. Wait, wait, it's, no, I actually know the answer. It's called your surname. Yeah. My I'm sorry. Surname. It's called your surname. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So my surname, uh, yeah, is, um, I, and I went, I, I'm like, no, I haven't, I haven't applied for anything. And I think that was the universe telling her something was going on. Of course, I had already told her that I was unhappy, so she missed the signs. But, but ultimately, yeah, and, and the kids ended up having her last name. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I just that's all I can say. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the way everything has turned out so far, yeah, and they're pretty much, they're, they're not my kids, I guess, because, uh, or, they're, or apparently I don't exist. So, you know, which is kind of sad, but that is, it is what it is. I still think you should argue, even though your daughter's now 18, I think you'll, you should still argue the fact that she's the custodial parent, so she should have to worry about incurring anything without you being burdened by it. Yeah, whatever. She wanted, hey, she wanted the kids? Good. Pay for them, heifer. Yeah, no, well, anyway, that's a whole other discussion for a whole other time. Yeah, um, we're, we're not going to turn this into Phoenix's rant against El Jefe. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's talk about uh, narcissistic trait number two. On to trait number two, preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Oh boy. Uh, all I need to say, I just have two things. It takes her, it can easily take her two hours to get dressed in the morning. And I'm not kidding. A lot of that is doing makeup. Now she gets distracted by things too, but the amount of time it takes, it, it is always it has always been like, you know, just ridiculous, you know, and it's like, you know, it's almost ant fucking in the way that, you know, she's going and trying to be meticulous about her appearance. Um, From boy, it takes a lot of time to put that much fucking spackle on to turn a troll into a human. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think I also think, uh, yeah, the fact that she, uh, you know, she wanted to remain in control of the checkbook. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's part of it. And there's really not much to say about that. So for more to say about that, but that's what I, um, you know, when I think about that, um, that's, those are the two anecdotes, two simple anecdotes I come up with. Well, on my side of the aisle, mine also had a you know, issue as far as checking, except for in my case, he was insistent on having his own bank account. It wasn't enough for us to have a joint bank account because, oh gee golly, we were married and we would, you know, at least at the beginning when we were driving together, we would talk about what bills were due and try to be equal about, okay, you know, these are the bills that are due. This is much each one equals two. So I'll pay this, you pay that. And that way nobody was taking on the whole of the burden of all the bills that we had to pay. But that wasn't enough for him because of the fact that, oh, you know, uh, I want to have my own checking account because I don't want to have to ask for money if I want to buy something. And I'm saying, okay, the only reason I'm asking you to ask for money if you're buying something, it's not asking. All I said was, please tell me how much money you needed to take or check with me to make sure that we had enough in the bank account. 
because I had a lot of bills between the two of us that needed to get paid. You know, there's a reason why his credit score is a whole lot higher than mine. It's because I helped him get a lot of his bills paid off by being the one who paid the bills and just told him, okay, this is how much money I need from your check in order to take care of X, Y, Z. I was completely transparent in everything that I did banking wise, but he just couldn't handle the fact because apparently as I'm starting to realize now, he must have been hiding something. And I'm and I'm sure of it in the fact that he always did seem to have, you know, money that appeared out of just thin air and nowhere. And meanwhile, you know, I've got, you know, barely enough to put two nickels to rub together. And he was just such a control freak. He just could not handle not having complete control over everything, but yet he would put that off on me that, oh, I was the one who was the control freak. No, I was simply trying to keep our household from going under and make sure that the bills got paid. If at any point in time he had said, hey, do you mind if I take over paying the bills and, you know, we reverse the rules, I would have been absolutely jitty with the fact, but he didn't want to be bothered with it. Much like a lot of things in our marriage, he didn't want to be bothered. So you know what? When it came down to the end of it, I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm fine with the way things are, anyone? Yeah. Um, okay, uh, all right, so let's go on to trait number three. Trait number three, belief that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status people or institutions. Oh, boy. So would you like to go with your... Uh, with- on that one, yeah. I actually... Uh, my ex was the polar opposite he was actually a hermit. He wanted nothing to do with anybody. He was, he is actually who I got the, you know, the joking phrase, I'm not prejudiced, I hate everybody, except for for him. He was serious. He has absolutely no fucks to give about the human race. He's perfectly happy to be over there in his little country property with his dog and his cats. And since he was such a dick bag and gave my chickens away simply because they were mine of his own admission... He doesn't want to have anything to do with the outside world. If he could have everything delivered to him at home and never had to turn one tire rotation out of his driveway, he could die a fat, happy piece of shit. Well, there you go. Uh, well, m- or maybe no one is, uh, nobody is special and unique enough for him. Uh, that might be the other thing. You know, I had never thought about that side of the coin, but yeah. I like that. Yeah, well, and in my case, I would talk about uh, the, the special and unique people, uh, the whole Gig Harbor experience. Um, so, although I'd even go further back than that. So we ended up, um, so we moved into, well, actually a golf course community in, in probably Oh two, um, you know, and, and, and apparently that wasn't special enough, um, because, uh, you know, this, they had better schools and, and you could get a bigger house, whatever. And, the, you know, and, uh, so yeah. Um, and you know, as uh, it, it's, it's a nice house. Of course we still in, funny, in, funny enough inside the house. Yeah. Still, uh, you know, she referred to it as dorm furniture and, you know, and I, I've been, I the, the, like folding tables, like I'm using now I had them in that, uh, you know, what's now a million plus dollar house. Um, and, uh, you know, so on the outside, it looked great. And, you know, her car, you know, her car kept getting better and better. Mine was, I, I didn't really want a, you know, a, a ostentatious car. So I bought, you know, I, I got a, you know, I got what I got and she got what she got. And that was, that was that. And, but yeah, th- but if you, yeah, you, um, Gig Harbor has been described as Wisteria Lane. 
Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I said it, and I don't regret it. Yeah, um, and and I think that's right. It's just, and it's funny because you don't have to go too far outside of Gig Harbor, and I, and I think uh, there's a, um, you know, just the, like the next, the town next door, Purdy, is is a very different sort of a town, and you and you can kind of actually see this dynamic play out uh, when the when the two high school, the the, the uh, you know the the, uh, the Gig Harbor and, and Peninsula who actually share the same home field. Uh, yeah, they play. Uh, you know, when they play, you can really see the difference in the, in the crowds and you know it's it's a different it's just it's very different very different and so yeah you know the G- gig harbor yeah, a little a little more snootier than the, than say the than the than the purdy folks um you know and uh yeah it's just she wanted to be around those kind of people um you know as whereas i never really cared one way or the other and then you know and i realized that the, that the that the, the quote-unquote snooty people really aren't any better than the people that you know, maybe maybe aren't don't have as high a status or whatever. They're they're uh, you know they're 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 less you know they're often less fun to be around. The more money they have, it's it's rare that I find somebody that's 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 uh, that's loaded and is is actually fun to hang out with. You know, I think you should probably put a link in the show notes to your blog post about the party grit. Yeah, I probably should. That's a, that is an actually a, a fantastic idea. I like that. Um, yeah. So, all right, and uh, all right. So we get so we got one more trait before we uh, before we take a break uh, in our in our in our coverage of narcissism. Uh, so let's talk about uh, trait number four. Trait number four: need for excessive admiration. Yeah, um, and I think for me. This is always so. This has always been a challenge. So I'll, I'll talk about you know, my side of this, and I don't really have a, um, a, a really a specific antidote. She always thought the name Phone Boy was stupid, um, although it paid the bills, and so she couldn't complain too much about it. Um, but the um, you know, I would tell her about things that happened that were positive, and she'd be kind of like, oh, yeah. And, and not really say anything or say congratulations, you know, not really just whatever. And even like I'd say, like my weight loss, I talk about, you know, I'd, I'd talk about the stuff with her and she'd just be like, huh? Didn't, you know, didn't, didn't, you know, didn't even acknowledge it really. Um, and I suspect there, yeah. And I suspect it's not necessarily, you know, they might need their own. And, and it's funny because there's times I've given her admiration and she didn't want it, you know, or didn't, or didn't appreciate it or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I mean, as for her, it's kind of almost the opposite, but I think it's a, but I do think that there is, uh, I think they were, uh, uh, I think in in both cases, uh, yeah, they may they may have been jealous of the stuff that we got because yeah, I mean, I I got she, the the reason she got the lifestyle that she wanted was because I was able to afford it because of those status things. So so it was kind of a love hate relationship. She liked it in so far as how that it paid the bills, but didn't like it in so far as you know because it, it you know it, it made me look good and her look like a you know whatever. You mean it made her look exactly like she is, which is a piece of shit. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I can actually tell you I have a very um, specific example of this. And, again, it refers to our show. When the Lotus Podcast started, again, it was you're taking time away from me, you know. And the interest that was expressed was not genuine interest of, hmm, I want to know more about this because I care about you and I support what you do. It was more of a fishing expedition of what can I use as a weapon against you 
which, you know, oh, are you making money doing this? Well, why are you doing it? Well, who's this phone boy guy? Well, you must be fucking him. I mean, I can tell you, he ran the gamut of stupidity when this show started. And then, oh my God, not only was I doing this show, but I was losing weight. I was happier. I wasn't as subservient to him. Oh yeah, he was not happy at all, all, all. Because I was starting to do something for me And I was getting recognition for the fact that I was doing this stuff. You know, I would try, much like you would, you know, to share with him the happiness, whether it was the happiness about the podcast or, you know, like the first time I went to the restaurant in Indiana that I found the little mom and pop joint um, that I would stop at, you know, I would... I would want to share like, hey, I found this really great breakfast place. Oh, my God, it's like such a good deal. And, you know, just something that made me happy. And the response I would get back is, oh, it must be fucking nice. It's like, yeah, it is fucking nice because I work hard and I deserve what I have. And I think that's part of what really irks the crap out of me is that for seven years, I literally supported him, you know, I mean, seven years since he became disabled, you know, I supported him. I tried to do everything that I could do. And ultimately, in the end, it wouldn't have mattered what I did, whether I was as rich as you or as poor as I am. Nothing I was going to do, good, bad, or indifferent, was going to change the course of history for me with him. Yeah. Because narcissists don't ever change their behavior because they don't see a problem. Yeah, at least most of them don't. Now, there's and some of the videos we've done. There's been guy, there's there's one that says that he's in recovery from NPD, right? Um, it, it, we've watched some of his videos. He's interesting. Um, you know, some of the stuff that he said. It's but it's a, but yeah. So it's but it's it's the exception, right? It's yeah. It's uh, um, and it was interesting that one of the things that came up in one of the divorce videos I looked at because um, yeah, divor- yeah, divorcing narcissists. Yeah, the, 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 it complicates a divorce. Uh, because yeah, when they can use the le- when they can weaponize the legal system against you, yeah, it's it's a whole another level of, of stuff. Um, so um, yeah, but I think um, you know I'll, I'll mention something else here that I think is re- that a, a, a relative for this. Um, so at some point she stopped following me on social media, and I'm talking like Facebook, whatever you know, um, because or or muting me or whatever, and and she didn't like it that I that we shared friends for the most part, and so it was just she didn't want she wanted to minimize her exposure to me because let's face it when I posted something yeah I've got a lot of friends and people people say nice things to me I don't think she liked that very much and that's a you know somebody's getting it better than her you know that she she can't have that you know I actually have a story that kind of um, is similar to that in that I have a friend named Jay who I would go and hang out with her and her husband occasionally at their house in K Town and. Uh, they had invited me to come over and have dinner and hang out. Now, they vehemently could not stand my ex. And he made no bones about the fact that he absolutely did not like her husband. So what got me was the fact that when I get invited to go over and hang out with my friend, and again, okay, I'm only home on weekends, so my amount of time that I have to actually spend with um, you know, spend with friends, family, or otherwise is very limited. So, of course, you know, there wasn't anything going on at the house, and I'm trying to divide my time between him and having a life. So, you know, I took the opportunity because he said, 
yes, it's fine. I don't mind. Go ahead. And I should have known it was a friggin' setup because it always was. But long story short, I went and he, of course, was passive aggressive and a total a-hole the next day when he and I were talking because of the fact that, you know, oh, must be nice. You know, nobody invites me to go anywhere. (laughs) And like, I tried so hard not to just blurt out, well, if you weren't such a miserable asshole, maybe people would want to be around you. But instead, I chose the high road. And I simply inquired as to, okay, I don't get this. You don't fucking like her husband. Why are you all up your ass about the fact that you didn't get invited to, you know, join me to go visit? That makes no sense. And his whole defense was, well, it would have been at least nice to be asked. I'm like, whatever. The mind games, phone boy. I I can't even, (laughs) holy absolute what the fuck i'm just saying the mind games the mind games were insane yeah exactly um and i could i could say similar ones but i think uh i think we'll take a break uh, because it's time for the toast and jam session in our uh, i think it is and unfortunately my glass does not clink because i actually have a trenta cold brew and we all know where those come from i don't have to uh pretend to shill for that company with a siren on their sign yeah, um, I have... Um, and I'm not going to confirm or deny there may be liquor involved in this particular cup right here. Oh, oh I, know there, I know there's liquor in mine. There's Jameson cold brew and cream, so, uh, and ice. The so, only way to go. That's right. So, on our Toast and Jam today, the last episode we did was basically just an entire Toast and Jam. Although it was around the life-changing events that have occurred over the last couple of weeks. Now, we do have some lighter, funnier things to discuss that happened with us over the last couple of weeks. So, the first thing that we're going to talk about is the <laughs> the fail of trying to go back on the truck. Now, of course, this was completely, uh, it, you know, the, all the details are in episode 38, which, what did we entitle that phone book? Uh, let's see, I'm gonna have, you're going to make me go look, aren't you? I am, uh, I love tripping you up. Cleaner than a nun's asshole. Is that what we actually named that That thing? is what we actually named it, yes. Boy, so. we are doing good. We are we are just debauchery yeah. central. So, I, you know, but this is, okay, so now, I, so now because I, I got I to gotta do this, uh, I, I've, got, I've got to, uh, you know, I gotta, I've got to do this because this is part of the... Um, you know, this is this is uh, you know. I, I mean, I have I have it, but we need to have a uh, we need some jobs karma for you. Uh, oh, gee, thanks. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually give you some jobs karma. No, oh, you're so sweet. Jobs. Oops, wait a minute. That just did not go through that the right microphone. Didn't go through the right thing. Okay, let's try that again, shall we? It's a, it's only effective if it goes through the roadcaster. Usually, yeah. So jobs and jobs. Hold on. Let's vote for jobs. <laughs> right, let me do that again. Let's just, we have to make sure. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Phone boy, king of the misfire. <laughs> she said she's king of the misfire. Okay, so, um, so in any case, go. So, so more or less, the the truck fail. If anyone's wondering, um, I was going to go back to 
driving for my old company, went to Nashville and had a complete meltdown, could not stay and get on the truck. Phone boy, of course, being the gentleman he is, stayed with me overnight. The next morning we packed and came back home and I am now on the hunt for something that will sustain me financially while I start the next chapter of my life because, as we talked about in episode 38, the universe was screaming and I just was not listening, so it had to take drastic measures. Yeah, the one thing that came out that the, the I mean, there's I think there's some positive things that came from this whole thing. But the uh, uh, just to make sure that uh, we're doing this in order is uh, the presence of of uh, your boy Cashmere in the house. That's now. right. Uh, yeah, because we reached out to our landlord and asked pretty special please because we needed to rehome him because I didn't want to leave him at my best friend's any longer because one, I felt he was a burden financially with the fact she had an extra cat mouth to feed and I missed my boy quite frankly and part of the reason I had decided to even go back on the truck was because of the fact that I missed my cat and I felt like, you know, my mother kept telling me how much he missed me and he would sit in the window and cry and it just broke my heart and I was like well I guess maybe I have to make that sacrifice to you know for my cat to be okay and when I had the meltdown in Nashville phone boy sat with me the next morning and he said you know maybe it's time you put your own oxygen mask on I understand you're worried about your cat and you know part of your reason to do this is because of your cat so on and so forth he's like but if your head's not into it and you're not okay you can't drive that truck and if something happens and you wrap that truck up or whatever and cashmere gets hurt or killed and you don't what's that going to do to you 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 know you essentially are going to be responsible for that if something happens to him because you didn't put your own oxygen mask on and and then that was a really deep thing to have said and i took it very much to heart and yeah i mean as i discussed you know in in yesterday's episode about the fact that i feel that i need to completely break away from that particular profession as a way to add another piece of closure for my divorce and being 100% severed from my ex-husband. And unfortunately, truck driving is a lot of memories in a lot of places that he and I went that I just don't want to have to endure anymore. So, Yeah, exactly. Um, And then while we were while we were out the other day, and I don't, I think you posted it to No Agenda Social. I did, yeah. We saw the most beautiful double rainbow after a heavy rainstorm here in our lovely town when we were driving around, and we just were compelled to stop and take a picture of it. And I'm pretty sure Phone Boy posted it on No Agenda Social at the time. Yeah. And it was interesting because we actually saw the other end of the rainbow as we were driving. We actually got to clearly see um, the optical illusion of the end, if you will, uh, up against some trees, I believe was where you saw it. Mm -hmm. And that was just, that was really special. It was. Um, So, yeah, I think I might even have it in the show notes. I need to, I need to actually edit this episode and see if I can, uh, let's see if it's in there already. But if it's not, it will be. We'll, we'll get a we'll get a uh, we'll get a copy of that picture in the show notes so you can well, find absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's that whole I forgot. I, I need to make sure I add that. Um, so um, yeah, now, here's the thing. I need the I need the pedal heads to weigh in on this in the chat because when we were laying in bed the other night and we saw that ladybug and I told you not to kill it because ladybugs are lucky. You had never heard that. 
And that was interesting to me. So I want to know if, you know, I mean, we obviously know that, you know, <coughs> Phoenix is, is, you know, is, is crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's ever heard of Ladybugs or Ladybugs being good luck. Yeah, and I did a little bit of research on it, and you know that it's that's not uh, it's not uncommon. Apparently, that that is something that is believed in many cultures, and you know the extent of the luck depends on you know what part of the world, I guess. That you, but uh, but generally, it's a good thing. And I you know think I, yeah, we were we were laying in bed, and yeah, there, were, there was bugs. You know, one of them was one of them was a ladybug. Jesus Christ, phone boy, make it sound like we're living in like some primitive hut or some shit. Oh, there were bugs. No, there was a ladybug and some flutter moth. For the love of God, make it sound like we're living in some dirty, filthy place. We have a gorgeous condo here. Give yeah, me a well, you know, uh, and we you know, they, they might say we live in the, the dirty south, but you know, well, we do live in the dirty south. But there was literally two bugs: a yeah. ladybug and a flutter okay. moth. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> Give these people the wrong idea. All right, so uh, so let's so uh, let's talk about our meat purchases. Oh, you're touching me in a special spot. Talking, yeah, we, about have, that we haven't meat purchased purchase. yet. What we've done is well, we placed. We orders. have to get the we have to get the freezer this week. At yeah. some point, we will go and, and we will get the freezer. We will go get a freezer. Yes, because we, we yes. need a freezer for a quarter pound a quarter a quarter pal a quarter. A quarter pal, huh? It's not a quarter pounder. This is not McDonald's, and it has nothing to do with. That's right. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a quarter pal. Is what that is. A quarter pal. There's there's your show title. Quarter pal. Yeah. Yes, we have ordered a quarter of a cow from our beef producers, Randolph Farms, and we've also ordered a half a pig from DeBell Farms. And next week, well, next week, this coming week, whatever you call it, we'll be getting our pork. <coughs> And then the end of the week, we should be getting the beef. I thought it was two weeks. <coughs> okay, you're right. It is two weeks. I lost count. Okay. Yeah, right. I can't count. You know, one, two, five, three, sir, three. three exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so really excited about that meat purchase because this is meat that comes from people who are feeding their animals a species-appropriate diet and the meat, you can taste the difference. Now, I haven't tasted the pork from DeBell Farms yet. That is going to be a special treat, but I do have it on good authority from other people who have gotten meat from them, namely the woman who runs Randolph Farms, Mm -hmm. that their pork is absolutely out of this world. So I'm really excited to cook with it and find something delicious to make. Yeah, so, and I thought about it even in even in the situation, even the uh, where things are at, uh, you know, it's, I think it's I think it's important to uh, you know we're you know it, you know they're talking about supply chain shortages. Yeah, I'd rather I, I'll, I'll hedge my bets and keep it in, you know keep things in a freezer at this point. I, I just I, f- I feel like that's the smart thing to do, and I got to put my money where my mouth is. I think for on that. And it's also, too, about eating clean, because if we do end up having a major food shortage over the winter, you know, long, cold winter, I think is what they're calling it, at least we know that the food that we will have is clean and we can sustain and continue our weight loss. Exactly. And not, uh, yeah, exactly. And not have to uh, endure the crap food system, which is, yeah, which, and by the way, it's been great. We've been, some of the conversations that have been had with uh, the the, the producers, it's actually been, it's, you know, it's not just transactional. Um, As you were talking about the the conversation you were having with the, with the, uh, with the lady from Randolph Farms, I think. Yeah, because... Ultimately, what had happened was we had we had gone and seen them, and they had very low stock. But she said next weekend we're bringing I don't know three or four head I think to 
the processor, the USDA processor, and we'll have a full stock. So she said, here's an order form, whatever you want, fill it out. You can text it or email or whatever to us, and then we'll have your order on Saturday at the farmer's market. We were like, hell yeah. So we sat down, figured out what we wanted, put it in. She calls me, and she says, I hope you're not upset. She says, it's going to be two weeks if you want the USDA because... uh, I don't know, something happened, you know, bark, bark, woof, woof. The, the, the long story and short on it is that something happened with the USDA, but she has these non-USDA processors who you have to buy either a quarter, half, or whole cow. And basically, she gave me the pitch that, and, and I asked her, you know, ballpark, what would the order we had put in run? So she gave me the number, and she said, you ordered about roughly 25 and a half pounds worth of meat. She said, with getting a quarter cow, you would be getting like 110 or 120 pounds of meat for a dollar less per pound, essentially, when you average it all out. Right. And I said, well, I've got to talk to, you know, my boyfriend about that because I don't make decisions on my own, you know, as far as finance goes. So, you know, let me talk to him and I'll get back to you. And then as soon as I pitched the idea to him, I said, you know, here's the two you know, here's the two options we've got. There was not even a, a moment's hesitation where, you know, you were just like, yep, it's happening. We're getting a quarter cow, boom. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're doing that. And then while I was on the phone with her, it was really nice because we were talking about some recipes that I highly recommend because she was talking about her and her husband being diabetic. And I have a couple of recipes that I keep in uh, in my po- back pocket, if you will, that are from a diabetic cookbook that I absolutely love these recipes and I will find a way to um, turn them NSNG without uh, fudging up the flavor. But I was telling her about, you know, some of the different stuff I make. I was telling her about the fact I had used one of the roasts we got from them to make Phone Boy's birthday dinner. And that's a story in and of itself that I'll tell you all about in a second. But um, long story short... Uh, we had just a great conversation about cooking, so I'm going to give her, you know, the recipes that I have, and uh, much like the other places that we get our meat from, I am going to um, post pictures, we're going to post pictures to their websites on Facebook or whatever of the things that we make so that they can use the images to promote their product, because I'm a big proponent in if I use your product and I believe in your product and I have a platform in which to promote your product, I'm going to do so. It's not being a shill. It's just being a good consumer. Yeah, but we do have to be careful to, to be to be advertising, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We really skirted that line yesterday. You know, we I can neither conform nor deny. Conform whether, nor deny. Conform nor deny yeah. the fact that uh, Sir Bemrose bit us in the ass. And, you know, I may, have, I may have touched the white chalk line with my toe, but I can neither confirm nor deny that. But both feet were down as I went out of bounds. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk yeah let's let's talk about uh, the email that you got this morning. Oh my god! So yeah. this morning, yeah, the highlight of narcissism, by the way. Oh, extremely. So I go. The first thing I do every morning when I wake up is I check my email, 
And I noticed that at quick scan, I had an email from my ex-husband. And I thought, what is this shit? And I think I actually mentioned this earlier, to be honest. Uh, When I opened it, it was a YouTube link to the song Love the Way You Lie by Rihanna and Slim Shady. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? What was the purpose? Like, are... It just, it struck me so dumb that he actually thought that sending me that would have any kind of purpose. Like, okay, so in other words, we're watching the narcissist self-destruct in, you know, stages. I think it can be explained by trait number nine. Trait number nine, arrogant behavior or attitudes. Yeah. yeah, that that's very possible. Yeah, well, and we'll, know, get it. We'll, of, we'll have examples of that later. Oh, we uh, definitely, uh, we definitely so, will. But yeah, I thought that was kind of entertaining that, you know, he found it at like 8.30 in the morning. So it would have been like 7.30 in my world. Yeah. He just found it necessary. You know, maybe he woke up and, you know, had a couple of ass hairs and a knot and decided he wanted to take it out of me. Who the hell knows? Like, dude, yeah. get a life, exactly. find a hobby, do something. Okay, that's why we're divorced. Exactly. Not that he ever listened or would ever listen to my show, because I don't think he could quite understand it. Well, yeah, anyway. You know, you have to be of a certain intellect and education to understand our show, and he just doesn't quite measure up. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like a lot of other things in our marriage, he just didn't measure up. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, okay, we got something, well, we've got, um, we'll have one fun thing, um, we talked about, uh, um. Well, the meat was fun, cashmere's fun, rainbows and ladybugs are fun. Well, we get, this is just, this is just, <laughs> mini golf's fun, too. Mini golf is amazingly fun. So, okay, you want to tell the story? Because I feel like I'm monopolizing the conversation. Yeah, so, we, um. We had to go. Um, so as part of this uh, going back and forth over the over the hill, we had to do. Um, we we so we had to go pick up uh, the go go pick up her truck, uh, the, the her pickup truck in the, in um, Merville, and so that would that that meant that we um, we were we were also in the area to potentially go to Costco. So we went we did Costco and all that. Um, we came back and then we said, okay, well we we got we we got done quicker than we thought we would, and so we had some time to kill, but we knew we were going to get on today, and so we said. Well, okay, let's go play some mini golf. And we- yeah, just kind of like a tension breaker because yeah. I mean, obviously, being up after the No Agenda show is a very big honor, and uh, it's a little bit of a sweat box now and again. You know, there's a few things that we do differently if we're going to be on the NA stream than doing our own show, like turning all the fans off in the studio. So yeah. it's hotter than forty nuns fucking in the convent, but we'll live. You know. Yeah, yeah but but yeah, but the, but do those nuns have clean assholes? <laughs> Squeaky clean. You could eat off them. I can neither confirm nor deny I may have done this in the past. Oh, my. Oh, wait. Maybe that was just a costume party and I was drunk. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Who else do we need to... Um, so, um, we'll give another shout-out to Evolve. We're not going to do... We'll- We're not doing shout-outs. We need to tell them about the awesomeness of the mini golf. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's not weird. So, one one specific thing. Well, okay. First, I want to I want to point out, Phone Boy kicked my ass. He had, like, what, four or five strokes on me? Oh, yeah, I was like, I had four. Yeah. Yeah, he was really stroking it today at mini golf. I mean, seriously, Stro- stroking it. Okay, really? Yeah, he came all over. <laughs> he came all over the place. So yeah, he beat me at at our our friendly little game of mini golf. But I had this great shot on the railroad hole where when I first teed off, the stupid thing hit the side, and 
kind of came to like this weird rest back next to the rail. So I was able to move it out just so far and I tapped it through the hole. It went right through the obstacle and into the fucking cup. Booyah, boom, shaka, lock it. It was a two-stroke hole and it could have been a whole lot worse. And later in the game, it was a whole lot worse. I actually stroked out on like, what, the 15th hole or something yeah, exactly. like that. I totally just, I bombed it. Henceforth, why phone boy one because my game was hot fresh ass today but you know what it's good for him i'm really glad that phone boy won today because the last couple times we've played i've wiped the golf course with him so it's about time that phone boy got a win so bully for you man yeah yay okay no i'm sincerely happy you won phone boy i'm I'm being completely serious i I, I know you are (laughs) why would i not bask in your victory it's a victory for you know it's a victory for you you (laughs) You know, you deserved it. You played better than me. I stroked down on a hole. I've never stroked down on a hole. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we should have done? We totally should have had the Robin Williams clip about talking about why they call it a stroke. Yeah. Oh, jeez. You remember that from yeah. uh, Night at the Met? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should have totally clipped that uh, out. If I had been thinking, son of a gun, yeah. that would have been funny to add in. But it doesn't matter. Anybody who's ever seen yeah. that particular show <laughs> knows what I'm talking okay. about. But anyway, yeah, it was a great game. And uh, that shot was absolutely epic. Yeah, it was. There have been a couple of really epic shots that have been made uh, while we've done this mini golf thing since we've moved here. Uh, I think, I know I've gotten two hole-in-one. Yeah. And then I got that awesome shot at the railroad today. Yeah. You had some shots. Yeah. Oh my God, you've had some shots. Holy shit. Yeah, well... (laughs) I know. Give, give me and I, not I think, just alcohol. I, 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 yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say. I think. Uh, I think I need to keep my. Uh, uh, I think I need more shots. Yeah. Oh, you're saying you think you need to increase your Jameson uh, level in your blood? Something like that. Yeah. Or I should say the blood in your Jameson stream. Yeah, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think. Um, I think that uh, we need to just give a couple shout-outs, like you were saying, you know, Evolve Smoke Shop. We love you guys. Sabrina, you're the awesomest. Randolph Farms, best meat in Cumberland County. DeBell Farms, we can't wait to put your pork in our mouth. Saffron Herb Company, where we got our um, essential oils, so that now I can take Phone Boy's headaches away without Pig Pharma. And And, then Hummingbird Hill Gardens where we got some summer squash, which I still have not used for a dinner. And I've officially fudged up my mic stand, so go me and go, 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 podcasting. go podcasting. You need to get to your mic yeah, for people to be able to hear you. To help you put your microphone back up on the, on the stand here. This is the, yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share a microphone with Phone Boy while he fixes <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so people can actually hear what's going on because we are hot, fresh messes. Yes, we, we apparently are. You know, someday we might actually, you might actually be done with your divorce, and you might actually have two nickels to rub together and we can afford a real table. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm just saying this this mic stand situation is just a epic pain in the ass. Oh yeah, shit, no I think kidding. I'm undoing it. Yeah, you might be. You know, if we didn't podcast in the nude, yeah. I would be um I would be rather uh what do you call it? Tempted to say we should do what some of these other jag off podcasters do and yeah. uh put their uh put their show on a video feed like on uh, boob tube yeah. or something. Yeah, let's not do that though. <laughs> um that's why so, I said if I completely lost my fucking mind, I have not yet completely lost my fucking mind. Yeah, there you go. Okay, 
Well, let's let's go to our refire topic now. We've done our we did our shout outs. There's links to all these places in the show notes. Uh, worst job I ever had. I think I actually did that on the last show since we did that. Uh, but uh, how about we play a voice? That's right. We, we have, have a voicemail. Woo! We have a voicemail, and so I will Woo-hoo. hit. You. I will. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can actually. Be nice if you could hit me with a voicemail. Okay, there, I, there. I've hit you with. The, I've hit you. <laughs> you stunned me. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, here we go. Oh, you know, it would help if I actually did that. Okay, kids, Mama here. You want to know about the worst job I ever had? No, it's not. Probably the one you're thinking of. It was right after I got out of college. I got a teaching job through a friend of a friend and I went in for the interview and the guy had to be 80 years old if he was a day real straight laced you know real religious I mean it was a religious school so I guess this was a good thing and we talked and I told him my credentials and of course I was dressed appropriately and at the end of it all he said well really want to hire you, but I don't want to have to go to a bunch of interviews and resumes over Christmas. And I just sat there with my mouth probably open and just stared at the old fool. I said, why would you not want to hire me? I know I'm fresh out of college, but I have good grades. I have all the creds. He said, because the parents are going to take one look at you and think that you're retarded. That is a direct quote. It was all I could do to accept that job, but I didn't think that I would get another chance to get a teaching job because of where I live and the whole driving situation. I couldn't drive at that point, so I took it. Fortunately, I didn't have very much interaction with the bastard after that. He just left me alone to teach. I only got to keep the job for a month, but that was only because the school closed because of lack of funding. And I wished to this very day that I never had accepted that job. I should have walked out with my pride and my head held high, but I knew my parents would have a fit if I didn't take it. And that is my worst job ever. Being a prostitute was gravy compared to that. Unmute. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I think I, I think that pregnant pause is, was appropriate. We, we, were, we were both muted, but yeah, like, uh, yeah. So congratulations, Mama. You have struck Phoenix speechless. That shit don't happen. Yeah, that is, uh, that's pretty, uh, yeah, that's a pretty terrible, wow, yeah. How would you even, yeah. Yeah, that's, (laughs) wow. (sighs) See, unfortunately, the smartass in me, when the old fart said that, immediately my brain went to, well, they haven't said anything about you so far. Yeah. You know, right. just some snarky dickhead comment that, you know, really needed to put the old fuck in his place. But I do understand also, you know, mom and dad 
totally flipping if you didn't take the job. Yeah, I can see where, you know, that would be a big problem. And it's unfortunate not to have supportive parents that would have understood that this guy was wholly out of line and should have not only been told off, but possibly, you know, brought up on, on, you know, legal discrimination charges or something of the like. I mean, some lawyer out there would probably have loved to sink his teeth into that case and probably have managed to sue the school system. And you would have a healthy chunk of change as a result, but irrelevant to the fact. Yeah, exactly. So, so the worst job that I ever had, because I don't think we have any more voicemails. Do no, we, we don't have any more voicemails. And, and also, yeah, I think I, I covered my my you, worst you, job. You did. Uh, on, the, on the last episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah, That's if you right. want to hear my worst job, then go back and listen to episode 38. So Right. But we said we were going to keep my worst job. And it's funny because, you know, you had asked me if this dump truck excursion that went tits up would be considered my worst job. And I would actually have to say no. And I actually have an interesting story that goes behind that vehement no. Mm -hmm. So the first trucking job that I ever accepted, now I can't say first in the sense that I did take one right after I got out of school working for the company my father worked for, which was a greenhouse and they would have me shuttling trailers in, you know, full-size trucks. So it was kind of interesting to learn how to maneuver full-size trucks in a limited amount of space. It definitely helped me hone my skills a little bit. Prior to going to a big-name company, which uh, I'll name them and shame them, Covenant Transport, fuck you guys, you know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, don't ever work for these folks, and I'm going to tell you all why. So me and my ex, now this is one of the only times when I won't shit on my ex for being a complete tool bag, but anyway, because it really was fucked up, let's just admit it. So me and my ex trained together, as I stated before, and he used to work for that company before. So when all the other companies who had recruited at our school basically didn't want to even look at me, let alone him, and I suspect I know why, but irrelevant to the fact. Um, so, okay, I'm not sure if I should completely tell this story. Um, I'm going to have to skate around a couple of things because I just realized that my youngest son might actually listen to this at some point. Yeah. And there's a part of this story I really don't want to put out. Okay, I got you. But let's just say there was some discrimination that was occurring um, at this company uh, that involved every trainer they had when it was asked if uh, they would be willing to train myself and my ex. And the way that I ended up with my trainer, who became one of my best friends in the world, was because he was the only person who accepted taking myself and my ex as a team to train them. And he was how I found out that there was this discrimination going on, et cetera, et cetera. And so long story short, they are just, you know, they claim to be a Christian company, but they allow that kind of discrimination to occur. And like I said, you know, I can't, um, I can't say on air what it was for obvious reasons, but uh, it makes it the worst job I ever had because I had a whole lot of dispatchers who were total dick bags who thought they were better than everybody else. And 
even the vice president of the company is, is a complete fucking shank off. And, and he always has been. Like, there was this one time, so get this. So there's this one time that we had to do a reevaluation. And we had to fill out a questionnaire. It was supposed to be an anonymous questionnaire. Well, I turned my questionnaire in. Everybody else turned their questionnaires in. I got accused of submitting a questionnaire that wasn't even mine because it had a whole lot of stuff on it that was talking shit about the company and this and that. And they would not believe me that it was not mine. So that officially leads me to say, fuck you, Covenant Transport. Fuck you, Andy. It wasn't mine. And it never will be. Although your company is shit and I wouldn't work for him again if it was the last company on earth and I was starving and dying from being broke. But that's the worst job I ever had was working for that farce of a company. All right. <clears throat> All right, so let's now get into the second half of the show, and we'll go the, go through the uh, the next five traits of, of, of uh, narcissism. And so we'll we'll start with uh, trait number five. Trait number five: a sense of entitlement to special treatment. Oh boy, where do I begin with this one? Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom for twenty-five years. Uh, I've seen that phrase. Uh, written in court documents uh it's being used it's uh that whole thing is uh you know um you know the fact that uh yeah i had you know he focused on the money i focused on everything else like well yeah including spending my money um but uh yeah uh so that's being weaponized against me um in the, in the divorce i would love procedure. for your lawyer to just stand up and say excuse me so could we get a clarification on just exactly what everything else in, entailed considering you didn't cook for him you weren't sucking his dick i mean help me out folks you know let, let me hear, hear all the ladies out there let's not be sexist about it but you know let's face it Cooking, cleaning, and breaking your man off a piece every now and again, as well as raising the kids, that's kind of what we do. In addition to working, being awesome, being beautiful, and if we're lucky enough and we have smart enough men, being appreciated for all of those things and more. So, yeah, just exactly what else was it that El Jefe was doing? Because I kind of don't think any of that qualified. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's just, um, but uh, but yeah, ultimately, and and unfortunately, the courts, uh, you know, are set up to, uh, you know, reward that behavior. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Although she did get a little bit of a smack back uh, last week, uh, um, you know, that uh, that yeah, I did actually end up having to pay a little bit less in spousal support. Yay! Um, but uh, yeah, and, and there's a, you know, there's a few other things that kind of went my way. But at the end of the day, I'm, it's still unsustainable, folks. Um, it's going to get interesting. But all right, but we're not going to get into that. Um, but we're gonna, we'll talk about uh, your where where your uh, uh, your ex's sense of entitlement comes in. Oh, this is a really good one. So we're going to start with his fiftieth birthday cruise that he had always wanted to go to Alaska, and we were making decent money because it was during the time that we were both driving team together, and the opportunity made itself available for me to afford to take him and my two sons and myself to Alaska to celebrate his birthday. And of course, his birthday is 17 days after my oldest son's birthday. And my oldest son being a kid, because gee golly, that's what they do. He kind of made it all about him because of the fact that his birthday was, I think, Uh, We actually went on the cruise, and it ended up during the time we were on the cruise, his actual birthday day fell. 
so, you know, I made a point to get a cake and make it for both him and my ex because he's a kid. That's what you do. Okay. I don't know a whole lot of adults who at one time in their life or another hasn't shared their birthday with a kid because of the fact that's what you do. You're an adult. Okay. You, you, you make a big deal for the kid and you take a damn step back. That's what you do. No, not this asshole. Oh, yeah, he, he had to have and even put it in writing in the last couple of weeks that, you know, oh, you know, I couldn't even have I, I, you know what? I should pull the exact text message up, although it would take a hot minute to do. But long story short was basically, you know, I've never gotten anything. And, you know, I couldn't even have the cruise be my own because my oldest son had hijacked that honor or something like that. And it was like, wow. You really are a sad, pathetic little man. But I didn't say that. I took the high ground. And then the the real one that ought to get the pedal heads and the no agenda listeners, this, this one really takes the cupcake babies. So my father passed away in 2015. And he didn't want any pomp and circumstance. He didn't want a lot of people to know that he had passed. So there was a very limited number of people who were invited to the celebration of life after his, um, after his viewing. And now grant you, okay, my ex had had a heart attack in April and this occurred in July slash August somewhere in that. I, I truly don't even remember. I think it was the end of July that this all went on. Mind you, my father had just died. This was all a blur as far as to know what day was what during that time was just, yeah, it wasn't my main focal point. So long story short, we are at this celebration of life for my father, which I helped my mother put together with a picture board and things that meant things to him and so on and so forth. And there were a few members of my family that were very close to my father who were allowed to know of his passing and be invited to the celebration of life. And I hadn't seen these folks since I was much younger. So here I am in my you know, late 30s, almost 40 at the time. And I mean, I haven't seen these people in probably 10 years or better, I think. So a lot of things changes in that time. So long story short, I'm walking around and, and conversating about my father and things like that to my family. Now, my ex was perfectly ambulatory. Yes, he walked with a cane, but he could get around. It wasn't like as if he wasn't able to get up and walk. And the pavilion in which this was held was not all that large. So, and and it wasn't like everybody was spread out. You know, everybody was sitting kind of next to each other table-wise. It wasn't a big, you know, a, a big gap of space to get from one table to another or to speak with one person or another. So he literally had a issue and voiced his displeasure about the fact that, oh, what do you... Uh, what are you ashamed of me? You know, you couldn't even be bothered to introduce me to your family or bring them over to, you know, meet me or whatever. And it was like, are you serious? I just lost my fucking father. Like, excuse me that my focus wasn't on you and your needs and your wants on this one blessed day. I mean, seriously, if that is not a prime example of a narcissist, I do not know what is. 
Yeah, well, we've got more to go through. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about trait number six. Trait number six, exploitation of others. Uh, well, I think I'll let you start with this one. Well, here we are again with the subject of my oldest son, except for in this, he is the one who is being used. Because anytime there was something that needed to be done around the property um, that it, that involved what I'll call moderate to heavy physical labor that couldn't be done with a tractor or needed another person in addition to the tractor, it was all well and fine for my oldest son to come over and help out around the property. But any other time, he wasn't welcome, and he didn't like him, and I mean, just a a various plethora of other crap that would spew from his mouth. One of my favorite things, and mind you, there's sarcasm dripping all off of this statement, but one of my favorite things that he used to say when I would talk about how, you know, our son this or our son that was, they're not my kids, I didn't have any biology in making them. So, you know, that's a really shit thing to say. And the way I look at it, like, whatever. You know, if that's the way he feels, then good riddance. Because I'm not holding back. My youngest son will find out, as will my oldest at some point, the truth about the entire situation. Now that we're fully divorced, which is another thing that kind of makes me laugh, is because he tried to say that, oh, I'm such an adulterer and, you know, he could have contested the divorce. And I'm like, no, you couldn't. Oh, yes, I could. I said, no, actually, you couldn't. I said, because Tennessee is a no-fault state. I said, I could have literally been banging you on the hood, banging phone boy on the hood of my car, and you could have done exactly nothing about it. Because unless I got pregnant, that divorce was going to go through come hell, high water, or the flood. Because there was no assets being argued over. Just because you don't like the fact that you weren't treating me right and somebody else came along, mind you, after we were already separated is when there was something that developed between me and Phone Boy, not before. Yeah, there was, was, uh, in, in all honesty, and I've said it because it's the truth, It was not until after we both caused an insurrection in our lives that we, you know, we met in person and anything, you know, occurred. Because in all honesty, okay, and, and, you know, some of the pedal heads out there might disagree, but it is not cheating unless you do something to step outside of the bounds of your marriage. Just having a conversation with someone, okay, just because you develop feelings for someone or you like spending time with that person because they stimulate you intellectually, that's not cheating, okay? There was no sex involved that that included anything physical prior to me having filed for my divorce, you or you either, There's nothing that would have fallen under the category of adultery where he could have stopped that divorce. But again, the narcissist got a narcissist, and he just could not accept the fact that he had ultimately, finger quotes, lost, and ultimately lost the best thing that ever happened to him. Because I can see the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? (sighs) The decay. He's breaking down. He's... He's starting to deconstruct himself. Yeah. 
Well, there's a, there's a comment in the No Agenda Troll Room that we should probably address in a little bit later. Um, I think there's it, – it so um, when you're dealing with narcissists, it's a, I'll, I'll just say right now, when you're dealing with narcissists, um, the sort of the standard ways you'd think would, would work, uh, yeah, they don't work. Uh, that is the God honest uh, truth. So who said that? that Preach. Karma, that was karma. But yeah, that, or who said that? Yeah, I asked who said it. Uh, that's who I – I mean, I said it. No, who made the comment in the troll room? N- no, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Karma King. Okay, so send Karma King some karma yeah. from me because he's dead fucking on. Right. Well, it's, but I think, it's, but seriously, seriously though, I mean, like it's it's the the reality. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, we've got the war stories. That's what this is. That's what you know. That's what this podcast is. Right? Is war stories, and we Absolutely. we made mistakes. And actually, yeah, we all made mistakes. And I'll tell you how we what the mistake we yeah you know, what we should have done instead. You know, at the end of this here. So um, you're absolutely right, and that's why they're war stories. But it's a you know. Um, yeah, and honestly, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to sound like an a-hole here. You know, we put our stuff out. If people enjoy listening to it, that's fantastic. If they don't get any value from it or they don't like listening to it and whatnot, you know, they can they can change the channel. Yeah, that's right. But I'm so. not saying that, like, in a mean a-hole way. I'm just saying, like, freedom, it's it's a thing. Yeah, this, yeah, and, and this is live, Carpet King. Yeah, and we, and we, but, but we have talked about this topic before, so that's probably why. Yeah, we've uh, talked about the topic behind the mic, and we've alluded to certain aspects of it in our yeah. show previously. Yeah, Today, is, we just decided to dive right in both feet yeah, exactly. on the subject. Yeah, so in my exploitation of others, well, uh, I'll relay a conversation that I had with, a, with my not-soon-enough ex uh, back in probably 2009, maybe, um, um, you know, not happy with the state of the relationship, blah, blah, blah. Her, her uh, answer to me was, I'm fine with the way things are. And when I talked with her back in September of this last year, saying, yeah, things aren't working for me and I, I, need, I need out of this. And she said, well, I'm still fine with the way things are. Um, we'll figure out when, you know, um, don't want to divorce until, you know, after the, the child is gone. Yeah, that didn't work. Uh, so, um, but... And that's um, why she's so pissed off, because of the fact she wanted everything to be to plan, slash her plan. And when you flipped that chessboard and did what you did with the bank account and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we all know what happened. Okay, um, you interrupted her plan. You you totally you took all of her power away at that point by exer- by exerting your own power over your own life. Yeah, oh, yeah, you blew her head off. Oh yeah, well, and I know, or I know that the day that I did it, I know she was talking with somebody about doing about getting you know training or whatever, and it's like, well, she did nothing, you know, until then, and uh, you know, or she she was, you know, it's like, you know, we, it's like, okay, she could have done this at any point in time, uh, before you know, before then, it's just kind of interesting that yeah, it probably did, it probably did freak her out. Um, so there is no coincidence in life. We've discussed that. Yeah. I think she knew something was up because that day. I mean, let's just admit, I was on the phone with you. I make yeah. no bones about the fact we've admitted the fact I was with you the entire day on the phone yeah. talking and, you know, being your support system as your friend, because yeah. at the time, you know, again, you know, we may have talked about there being a feeling here and there, but we had not done anything to step outside the confounds of our own marriage vows. Yeah, that's right. But that being said, yeah. um, you did something you never do. In the time that I've known you, not that I've known you all that long, but the few months that I had known you and the amount of time that we had talked, that day you disappeared for hours. Yeah. So, yeah, I almost guarantee you she knew something was up. That's why she had her whole cavalcade all assembled by the time you got home. There's no effing way she had that many heifers. 
assembled in the barnyard in the time it took you to get home once that notification hit her phone, yeah, she knew. She knew it was over. She knew the, the train was leaving the station without her, and she started coming apart at that point in time. I, I equate her to a firework, one of those ones that you light, and it goes off for about 10 or 15 minutes. Just when you think it's done, it relights. Well, yeah. she's on her last relight, I think. And when she's done, she's going to be she's going to burn out. And that's the point at which she's going to realize that you're not coming back. The money train is gone, and it will probably behoove her to take your offer because the court's not going to give her better than what you're offering her when it comes to money. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that's my and that's my thought. Um so um but it but um this um but honestly, it goes it goes even farther back than that. Um, the uh, I have written proof of this, and I've shared it with you in the past. Um, I don't I don't have it up in front of me, but uh, she had given me as a gift in two thousand two a notebook that was that was ostensibly meant to um, I don't know to be her saying nice things to me. Okay, come on, pedalheads, weigh in on this in the chat. Pretty special, please. No agenda. Same thing. You give your spouse of how many years phone play at this, well, this point? Was, okay, this was okay. So this was so five years at that point because so you were married five years at this point. Yeah. Okay. Let Let's put this into context. Pay attention for all those who are keeping score. You're five years into your marriage. She gives you a fucking notebook full of positive, encouraging things for a fucking Christmas gift. Okay. You know what I got for my five year? Uh. Anniversary, which is a day after Christmas, as much of a piece of shit as my ex-narcissistic husband, three stone diamond ring. I think we should make a stark comparison here. Yeah. Someone who still loved their spouse, someone who was using their spouse for finance, yeah, and, 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 most and of the, baby gravy. Yeah, most of the comments were not about she. They were things I did for the children, not necessarily. And there was nothing in there that said about how she felt about me. That yeah. should be. Yeah, I know. I, um, yeah, um, I don't know that I want to put these in the show notes. I probably, uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, I read them the other. I read them. I'll somewhat. tell you what, pedalheads. When this divorce is finally in the books, signed, sealed, and delivered, I'm going to have him go back and revise the show notes with these notebook pages included because at that point she can do nothing about it she can't use it against him so and also i'm pretty sure phone boy back me up if anyone actually really is that hard up to see these pages before that i'm sure they can you know hit you up elsewhere yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, and you would provide them oh yeah i mean they're yeah they're just they're just it's objective. fucking nonsensical give them a couple examples at least phone boy what they're what they're whistle um, it was about, cause at the, at the time I was, I mean, I still, yeah, I mean, I worked at home, you know, my, she was like, I'm always that I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm there to, you know, to help her with the kids and there to, you know, that I, that I, that you, it, it, you, you love the, it seems like you love the kids almost as much as me and know almost. So yeah, I, I don't know. I should have walked away. I, there's lots of times I should have walked away from that. Um, but, um, yeah, that notebook is uh, is absolutely is was is terrible, um, but uh, anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor that point. Well, let's um, as we as we get uh, as as more drinks are being poured, uh, let's uh, let's uh, play with with uh, trait number seven. Trait number seven: a lack of empathy. 
Oh boy, this, there's there's sausage being made behind us here. Um, there is, yeah, there is a uh, it's a, you know a lack of empathy for others, and I, I've got a great example of this. So, in 2010, my father had passed away, and uh, my father and I share a birthday. He died on our birthday, yes. And so that that's yeah, which is uh, which is kind of screwed up, but but it is what it, it is what it is. And um, the you know taking so. But the, the, when I found out about it, I got a, I actually got a text from Mama T, and I was on an airplane or we were about to take off from it, and uh, and I get the text that, uh, that that Dad had passed away, and um, and of course at that point we're we're boarding the last flight to get to um, wherever we were flying at the time, and um, yeah, and uh, in any case we we actually uh, I get a, so I get a. Um, yeah, so I, I get I get the text, and then you know we did, and then I have a conversation with with her, uh, with not with not with uh, not, not with Mama T, but with my with my uh, you know my wife at the time about you know w- what do I do, and and I think it's and she's like, do you want to go back? And I'm like, I don't want to be alone. Now, do you think for a moment that she said no? We need to cancel this and go back and deal with your debt. Oh no, no, I was there and I was miserable the whole fucking time. Um, it was we were, and by the way, we were out in rural, rural, rural Alabama where there was barely any cell phone signal. Um, there was not, there was nothing going on there, and I was pretty miserable the whole time. Uh, so I, I just thought about, I think about this um, as a, you know, and again, thinking about this now with fresh eyes and you know, knowing what my not soon enough X is. Um, yeah, this is pretty, you know, at least a lack of, you know, I don't know if she has a lack of empathy for others, but she definitely has a lack of empathy for me. And uh, that's what you get. Uh, so, and I think, uh, you know, and again, I think that comes up for you uh, with your with your situation, does it not? Yeah, you know, it really does. And again, we're going to um, address my father's funeral in that, you know, literally, he knew how you know, even with all the shit that my father put me through as a child, he knew that I loved my father and that I felt very guilty for the fact that my father had taken his life because I felt that because I wouldn't return his emails and because, you know, basically, you know, he was incarcerated. I had no way to communicate with him except for one time when I had been on the phone with my mom and he had called on the home phone and I was on the cell phone with her and she was able to do, you know, end to end with the phones where he could hear me and I could hear him for, you know, a moment or two. And, you know, it gave me an opportunity to just say hello to him and tell him that I missed him and I loved him. And subsequently, it ended up being the last words that I ever said to my father. And so, you know, I am thankful at least that I had that opportunity. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I've, I've just lost my father and, you know, I'm, I'm completely fragmented. I don't know what the hell to do. My father was my world. He, you know, I didn't know really I don't know. I was just, I was, I was completely in pieces. You know, my mother asked me to make some important decisions regarding, you know, my, my father's urn and, you know, various other things. And I just said, mom, I can't, you know, I've, I've got nothing. I'm completely checked out at this point. I'm sure whatever choices you make will be what, you know, dad would have wanted because I, I just, I could not mentally process 
what was going on. And I think part of that was because of the fact that I didn't feel like I had the support that I needed for having just lost my father. So I kind of had to make a survival decision in a sense of, do I put my efforts into making sure that I'm still functioning day to day in my basic needs? Or do I take what little, you know, mental capacity I have on myself right now and figure out the menial things like what the hell kind of earn to put my father in and, you know, what to do about the, you know, the, the service afterward and stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe to some degree it was selfish that I couldn't help my mother make those important decisions. And, you know, I know she's listening. So, mom, I'm sorry that, you know, I, I couldn't be there mentally to do that. You know, I've always kind of felt bad about that. But the long and short of it is, you know, I've got this, you know, first of all, it's July. So it's hotter than hell in Connecticut at the time. And of course, I'm wearing a long black freaking dress because I'm still a Hindenburg at the time and didn't have a whole lot of wardrobe options. So it's hot as hell. I'm wearing a long black fucking dress. So I'm already miserable. I don't want to have to be doing this because, again, black sheep of the family and there are family members there. I didn't know how things were going to go. Long story short, yeah. He was just a completely selfish asshole in making it all about himself. And also, I didn't mention the fact that I had, since I was back in Connecticut and had been living in Tennessee for uh, five years, just under five years at the time this happened. No, I'm sorry, just over five years. But, you know, we're, we're five years in. You know, kind of ironic, I talked about how for my fifth anniversary, he bought me the three stone diamond I wanted, yet earlier in the year is, uh, you know, making me feel like it's all about him and who gives a shit about, you know, me and what I'm going through is having lost my father. But we were in a hotel room and I would have to, of course, you know, we had to order out because we're in a freaking hotel So I would offer, because again, he's recovering from open heart surgery. And, you know, I'm trying my damnedest to be gentle with him because he's only a few months out of this surgery. So, you know, I have to run to go get us food for me and the kids and him and whatnot, whatever, whatever. And God forbid, like, it's almost like he had the amount of time timed that it took me to go from where I picked up dinner at whatever location to um to uh back to the hotel essentially and i i mean he's literally making just these horrible accusations like you know oh you must want to get back with your ex you know oh where were you you know you've been gone this amount of time it's like well did you ever think there was a line at the fucking restaurant by chance you know just what a wild thought And at one point during the hotel stay, he went through my freaking phone. And I had some text messages between me and someone else who is from my past. And I wanted to meet up with them just to have a conversation. It was not that I wanted to have anything more. Because at the time, I still loved my husband. And I was completely devoted and, you know, uh, faithful to him, ultimately. But every, I mean, this this shows you how far back, you know, a, a year in, okay, Tigger, and I don't know if I've told this story before, Tigger leaves uh, her phone number 
on a dollar bill tip that she leaves for me because I'm waitressing. That's how I met her was I was waitressing at the truck stop and she came through late one night because I worked third shift. And because we had had a great conversation, she left her phone number on a tip that she left for me. I leave the phone number and the dollar bill subsequently because, you know, one and the same in the lattice where I keep the bills because I have nothing to hide. There's nothing going on. He proceeds to call her, ream her a new asshole. How dare you call my wife? Who the fuck do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. That's disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah. Then he calls me at work and continues reaming, claiming I'm cheating on him and I'm a whore and blah, blah, blah. That should have been the point at which I said, you know what? You can pack your fucking shit and get the fuck up out my apartment. Have a nice fucking day. Because that literally cost me a night of work. He put me in tears. I was in shambles crying and pleading for him to believe me that I wasn't cheating and there was nothing going on because there wasn't. It had literally been a a customer who was a really good conversation and who subsequently ended up being a very long-term friend. Hi, Tig, because I know she's listening. You know, I mean, unbelievable. Like, I, I, I truly wish that the wonders of YouTube and these instructional and informational videos that exist out there had existed back when this was all going on, because I can honestly say that I think if I had seen this and could have made the relation, maybe I would have been strong enough to realize the danger that I was in and not have been in a 16-year marriage of which (laughs) lasted 16 years too long. Yeah, I think we. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm, a, I'm kind of. I've always been. I'm of the opinion that. Yeah. You know. There's many points in time where I could have said. You know. Uh, F this, but um, no. Um, still glad it came out the way it did. So, you know, we got to have that. Um, so yeah, I I can't disagree with that because yeah. ultimately, all the all the shit we endured with our exes being the way that they have been has led us to this moment in time where we can be sitting here nude podcasting on our own show live after no agenda the big show and you know i've met some amazing people including and not limited to the wonderful adam and the keeper we love them very much i'm overjoyed that i had the honor to meet them in south carolina and all the wonderful people there as well and the new friends that i've made and most oh you yeah. I, if it weren't for, you know, truly, if, I mean, let's just face it, if my ex or your ex was treating us the way we should have been treated with the dignity, the respect and the love, we wouldn't be sitting here nude podcasting and in, in, in a relationship. No. You'd still be in Washington and I would still be on the property in Marvel. Yeah, yeah I so. would. So, all right. Um, we've got two more traits to go. Let's uh, do it. Let's, uh, let's talk about trait number eight. Trait number eight, envy of others or the belief that one is the object of envy. Yeah. So uh, you want to take yours on this? Yeah. So (laughs) very, very, again, you know, a lot of my stuff centers around truck driving and the fact that he made the conscious choice to go on disability. Nobody held a gun to his head and told him that he had to. He chose to do so. And in choosing to do so... It put a major financial strain on me, I'm not going to lie, and I may hold a little animosity for that, but the ultimate ultimate situation here is that he has held a major animosity toward me that he admitted to some time ago 
because of the fact that I still have the ability to do a lot of things. You know, I still have the ability to drive the tractor trailer. Just See, this has always confused me. He always complained about how much he hated driving the truck, and the only reason he was doing so was because of me, and blah, 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 blah. But then he's going to have an animosity toward me because I can still drive and he can't. You would think he'd be over-fucking-joyed about the fact that he never had to get himself back on one of those trucks and had a legitimate excuse to get the hell out. Like I've said before, it's like the mafia. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in, you know? It's hard to leave doing that job and stay gone. So you would think that he would be glad that he found a way to do so. And if anything, instead of being envious, you know, maybe be mocking like, you know, haha, you still have to drive a truck and I don't or, you know, some stupid shit. But no, he was jealous of the fact that I could still drive and he couldn't. He was jealous of the fact that I had friends and he didn't, despite the fact that All he would have had to do was be a decent individual and not be a complete shag bag to everybody. And, you know, it would have been fine. You're on mute. I am on mute. Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, um, I don't get that. Um, Yeah, now I've I've got a real envy of others. Uh, So, uh, weight loss journey. Uh, So, the um, I've made the comment before that... uh, my not soon enough X is a few inches shorter than me and probably weighs more than I did when I, uh, at my worst. Um, I don't, I do not know exactly what she weighed at any point in time. She would never share that with me, even though it was pretty obvious, right? That, that you know, I mean, we both were, you know, we both were overweight, uh, and, um, and uh you know and in fact she's had problems her yeah she's had problems her whole life i can see the picture i saw the pic i still remember the pictures from when she was in high school and uh you know look and uh you know it's yeah you know, i think she looked good but she was overweight you know she, but she you know she was overweight and apparently you know her mom had sent her to a weight loss camp at some at some point so she's always been very had a very hard, uh, hang up on um you know on weight loss and what did i do Actually, I tried to actually, I actually, I did it twice. The first time, you know, I, I did, uh, you know, I did Atkins. This is back in 04, 05. Um, and I, you know, and I think, I think she was, I think she secretly sabotaged me and, you know, probably in the first one. Um, and, uh, you know, so I didn't end up, I did not end up, um, you know, I, that ended up not being successful. And, you know, when I did this, you know, when I, uh, you know, took another stab at it in 2017 and here I am, you know, um, five years later. Yeah. I've gained a couple pounds back just because, yeah, you know, restarting your life, uh, causes all kinds of problems. And, uh, so, um, and I need to get, I need to get back into running. I need to stop. There's uh, certain things I probably need to cut back on eating and consuming, but, um, Jameson but, and Shanky's whip. Yeah. There's that stuff. Yeah. Jameson and Shanky's whip. There you go. Uh, that hold might- on. Cause I got to tell the pedal heads about Shanky's whip. So this is this Irish whiskey that has this amazing vanilla scent and the flavor is just out of this world. It's kind of got like a caramel cream flavor to me when I put it in the coffee and, you know, add heavy cream and whatnot. Oh my God, this stuff is so good. So we have literally purchased three bottles of this in what, two weeks? Mm, three. Okay. I'll I'll let, I'll go with three, but I still think it was more like two and a half. Okay. But either way, we've consumed an an epic shit ton of yeah. Shanky's whipped uh, stuff. The stuff is good. Yeah. You, oh my yeah, you, God. You, you, yeah, this put, this you, is where phone boy being able to sample things at a liquor store is dangerous. And the funny part is y'all, he didn't even taste it. All we did was smell it 
That is how good this stuff is. All it took was a sniff, and we were like, yeah, we're buying the last bottle on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's awesome stuff. So um, anyway, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact is, is that, uh, yeah, we get, you know, we get into some of the, you know, where, where did some of the stuff came from? It's like, yeah, you get tortured by somebody else and, you know, you, you, you move that, uh, you know, you, you bring that uh, torture forward. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny because, and I actually think this gets, and Actually, I think it's good that we're we're going to do the last trait here because I can actually get into a, a, a specific example involving weight loss. But but ultimately, my wife. So I guess I'll I guess I'll finish the story about my about my uh, about my uh, not soon enough ex. Um, yeah, she you know, and she, she got into a point. So she followed or she tried to follow when I was doing intermittent fasting on a regular basis. She uh, noticed that and tried to do it and actually was successful lost like 75 pounds good for her and the, the her words and, and i even and i even told her i was proud of her and all that stuff for doing it uh you know then COVID hit and you know and things got worse and i'm assuming that the stress of this divorce is making things worse and she you know she knows all about the low carb stuff she knows she just can't do it it's like yeah whatever you know you know and, and she told me herself it's like whatever you know whatever you know whatever clicked over in your brain hasn't clicked over in mine yet like okay, well, and I think she's envious of it. I really do. Um, it's it's called the off switch on your mouth, fat ass. Well, a little, a little more. There, there's way more to it than that. But, um, but yeah, did you notice? I don't quite like your ex, and it's not just because she's your ex. She's an evil human being, and she has a lot of issues of which she is not dealing with. She's eating her issues and every fucking thing else. Apparently, well, yeah, um, and I think uh, you know. Okay, so I'm going to actually. Uh, I'm actually going to go into the last topic uh, because I have something related to that um, that I will that I will bring up. Trait number nine: arrogant behavior or attitudes. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, my kids are also not uh, unfortunate. You know, my my kids also have not um, necessarily taken on my uh, dietary approach, or at least taken you know i don't think they've t- they've taken any serious steps to address their uh the fact that they're overweight my daughter is you know um actually there my you know my daughter was talking about or uh, you know or i heard through my through through my not soon enough acts that she wanted to get a breast reduction and and i'm thinking to myself first of all at that age like no right you don't you know you don't be you don't do life-altering you know surgery you know when you're under 18 i'm not in you know when and you know my response is if you want it that's great you're paying for it i'm not um and that's ultimate but um you know and 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 my and and of course i've got i've got an approach that actually works and i've and i you know and i tell people about it and i tell my kids about it oh when i have that conversation it traumatizes my daughter apparently you know my daughter doesn't have enough uh, you know have have enough uh, uh self-esteem to come to me and say hey dad i don't really want to hear you talk about it she has to go complain to mommy and mommy has to come you know so um but i think yeah and i, I think her you know what she's doing and, she, and you know whenever i made any other suggestions about what the kids should do they you know they they were my suggestions were generally summarily ignored and it, it got to a point where i just stopped offering my opinion because it, it was clearly not going to be taken anyway so you know that you know it's so like she knew best right she she always knew best and you know and the kids unfortunately uh you know there as i say they are captured assets and uh you know as, as far as i'm concerned and uh yeah they um you know all i can say is is that uh you know at some point if they listen in the future or maybe they don't i don't know um you know the door's open when you want to talk, but uh, it's, uh, you know, but again, you got to want to do it. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I wish, I wish, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. 
Uh, hopefully someday your kids will actually talk to you. Hopefully someday the spell will be broken and they will realize what a narcissistic controlling individual their mother is and break free from it. Because as we all know, the only way to win when playing against a narcissist is not to play. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, the the you know the general advice on on dealing with narcissists, and so we're about to we are about to get to the end here. Um, and uh, really, if you find a narcissist, run, do, do not walk, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, if you can if you can avoid this person at all costs, do it. Um, yeah, and it's uh you know I haven't used that word in in the legal sense in my divorce, but uh, yeah, there's a, there's an issue right now. She wants to know where I live, and I and I don't really want her to know where I live. Uh, it's not her business as far as that goes. And so, um, you know, and that's, and that's part of that. And it's part of maintaining the boundaries, right. As you wouldn't is, but yeah, but you want to minimize the, you, you want to, you want to, yeah, ultimately you don't want to deal with it, but if you have to, right. Because as I, as I wrote in my notes, if not playing isn't an option, right. Because yeah, like right now I'm still dealing with the legal, with the legal, uh, the legal ramifications of a divorce, uh, and going through that and, and you know, and, and still negotiating that. So yeah, there's a lot of legal stuff going on. So I don't have to deal with her directly too much, but I have, but I do have to deal with lawyers which is just which is almost uh, as bad um so uh so if you so if you still if you have to interact with an with a narcissist for one reason or another uh what you, um, it, you forgot what you what, pulled a me you didn't the, give me my chance to oh i did my trait nine i'm sorry that's okay i did it to you like first Okay. Thing. Okay. So when before, we okay. Started, so before so we get into the not playing, <laughs> so we need to make sure that Phoenix tells her her arrogant behavior story. Well, you know, unless you don't want to hear it, you know. <laughs> no, I've, I've, okay. To be fair, I've heard it. The pedal heads may not have. So this is true. This is yeah. true. And we did. Yeah. We did say that. You know. Yeah. We would. Uh, <laughs> we would tell of the whole story. So, in my case, number nine is categorized by my ex having the attitude that he not he knew how to do everything even if he didn't know how to do it he would not admit that he didn't know how to do it and he would fumble his way through it which subsequently screwed a couple of things very important up um (laughs) as far as things that he ruined or broke or whatever because you know he knew what he was doing and he never wanted to listen to my suggestions on how to do something even though i knew how to do it I mean, if I don't know how to do something, I'm going to tell you, you know what? I really don't know how to do this. I mean, if you want me to take a, you know, a stab at it, I'll give it the old college try. But hey, I'm not really versed in how to do this. No, that would never be something that came out of his mouth. He knew how to do everything and I didn't know how to do anything. It didn't matter what experience I had. You know, he always had to be better than me. He always had to know how to do everything better than me and... He would always say, if I offered any input on anything, he would always say, oh, yeah, it always has to be your way or no way. You know, you need to be in charge because you're the only one who knows how to do anything. And it's like, oh, my God, I wish I had realized at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny in the uh, divorce paperwork uh, uh, she had uh, written, it's my way or the highway says something that I said, which is not the case at all. Yeah, I don't think you would ever I've, utter I, that statement. No, I, no. And what it was in the context of is, yeah, if I'm willing to talk with you, but not with these people here. So, exactly. Um, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. So, 
that wasn't a my way or the highway. There's a, a anyway. It's a point. It, yes, it's just it's it's crazy. But uh, I think you know for for us it's pretty obvious that that yeah that these are you know again these are that, uh, that these are these are people that are toxic and so and unfortunately yes like you know what we're saying to to Karma King yeah ultimately trying to deal with this um, you know or trying to deal with a narcissist your best your best move is to not engage with them at all. However, if you have to, and we both have to for, uh, you know, me, I've got a legal reason, you, it's because there's stuff still that needs to be acquired, uh, to be uh, retrieved. Um, yeah, so then, you know, what the, the typical advice is, yeah, you need to maintain strong boundaries, right? Which, and basically, you know, if you can, you want to keep it to a single method of communication that's controllable and easy to, and easy to hide and not, you know, not let it obsess. I mean, I know for my own, you know, I, I ultimately ended up getting a separate phone because I didn't want, uh, you know, the, a number that she didn't have. And I want, and I ended up changing my email address because, um, you know, which I've, you know, except it's, or at least for things that I look at on a regular basis. Uh, uh, I've had that same email address for, you know, really since even before I met her. Uh, but at the same time, um, this is, uh, but, it, but yeah, it's like I had to, I had to bur- effectively burn that email address because yeah, I don't want her, I, I don't want to communicate with her in any way. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, and, and yeah, it's so just basically maintain it. And that means you, cause you want to avoid their toxicity as much as possible. The, the narcissists are toxic people to be around and it's especially bad when you're empaths, which is something that we both, we're going to have to, I think we're a topic we're going to have to revisit here again in the future. Um, but, uh, uh you know, empaths, uh, pick up other people's feelings and uh and you know an empath you know and, and not impasse but uh the uh you know narcissists are toxic cesspools you know um they're very energy draining they're yeah, definite they're, energy they're, they're, vampires. We, they're also energy vampires i mean that's uh you know and actually I, I was looking in the no agenda chat and i was seeing something that karma king had said about taking the long way around an inevitable breakup and it would have been better to have called my ex-husband out and it be a quicker break, you know, etc. I think there needs to be a little context on that because two years before I filed for my divorce, I had left. I had walked out for about a month. And at the time, I mean, I was in a safe place. You know, I had I had, a, uh, had the same job. I had, you know, all my, my Maslow's hierarchy of needs was met. The only thing missing was I didn't have the mental strength. I didn't have the emotional strength. I didn't think that I could do this without him. I was I was in a, a constant state of panic. I, I can remember vehemently that I had asked him to meet with me for lunch. And I was trying, you know, to hold it together and to be... Now, mind you, of course, you know, this is before I really fully embraced what he was, but we were having a conversation and um you know we i was basically just trying to be amicable about it and say look you know i i i don't want to throw this away i want to our honor you know our marriage vows you know let's talk about this you know let's try to make this work and and he did not want to work it out and then he finally decided, yeah, we can try to work it out. I didn't realize at the time I was being manipulated. Now I do. But in hindsight, at the time, I didn't. And it's not so much that, 
you know, well, you should just make a clean break. It's not as easy. You know, when you're on the outside looking in, it's easy, it's easy to say, you know, well, you should do this or you should do that. Or you should have done this. You should have done that. When you are living in it and when you are sitting in that very moment in time, you have to make a clutch decision. And when you're, and you've said it yourself, phone boy, making a dis, an important life decision when your head isn't clear, okay, for whatever reason is not a good idea. And ultimately, that is a lesson that I took away from that particular incident is that had I taken the time to really value what the universe was giving me, which was that separation. Yeah, I could have been two years ahead of this. I could have already been divorced for two years, living whatever life I was going to be living. But it all circles back to the fact that everything happens for a reason. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Two years ago, if I had walked away, I may never have met you. I may never have become a member of the NA community. I can't say how my future would have turned out, but I know how my future has turned out so far once I stood up and took control of my life. And I make no apologies for that. And it's not a matter of you know, tales of mistakes in handling how to deal with a narcissism. Okay. It's a story of survival because some people are not lucky enough to get out as unscathed as I have from the narcissistic relationships in which I have been in. So, and, and I'm not being defensive. I just want to put that out there. I'm not being defensive. I was just taking a constructive, you know, stance on the statement that had been made. Yeah, and I think it's and and yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think taking you know t- taking the high ground, it may not be the right way to to uh, to do that or to do that. It, it's, I think keep in mind also that both, and I can speak for myself here, you know, and, as well, is that you know neither. I think I think and I can and I can and I can speak and I can speak for you too. Is that earlier we didn't have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say you're full of shit. And here's the thing, though. Yeah. But I did. There were I yeah, wanted no. There did. were many times yeah. in my relationship over the last 16 years prior to me becoming divorced. Thank fucking God, Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Anyway, over that 16 years, there were numerous times yeah. that I would call him out on his bullshit. Tell him, you know, have arguments with him to the effect that, you know, you live in a fantasy world. You are infallible. You're perfect. You never do any fucking thing wrong. It's all me. You know, I haven't given a full description of what it was like for 16 years to have to deal with someone who never took copability when they fucked up. Nothing was ever their fault. It's like he tried to be Teflon. The only problem was he was Velcro, but he never wanted to accept that. And like I've said before, the face that he showed me was completely different from the face that he showed the outside world. Everybody around him that didn't have to see him on a daily thought he was a fantastic, wonderful, jovial, you know, type of guy. And when I would watch him interact with other people, I would just kind of stand there in morbid awe over the fact that he was so full of shit. The face that he put on and the persona that he took was so polar opposite from the person he really was behind the scenes. And it was nauseating to watch. 
And unfortunately, it didn't matter. Okay, I I employed every tactic I knew to man, woman, and child to deal with this motherfucker. I tried doing the same things back to him. I tried calling him out on his bullshit, like I said, of which he would always make it either I was the one doing it, not him, or, you know, it, it was like when he would personalize something. He would personally attack me verbally saying, you know, statements like you this and you that and blah 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 and i would say why are you personally attacking me well i'm not personally attacking you i'm like no you are because you're using the verbiage of you if you're making a blanket statement you need to have a preface of okay i'm not saying you particularly i'm saying you as a blanket statement that way the person doesn't think that they're being personally attacked was he personally attacking me the shit that he was saying you bet your fucking ass he was personally attacking me but again no no accountability for it. Yeah. He would not take yeah. accountability whatsoever. Yeah. And this is why you don't talk to him anymore. Yes, this is why I'm not talking to him anymore. I told you the only communication no. that I would have with him would be to let him know that I was coming to get the rest of my shit. And we've discussed off mic mm-hmm. what other yeah. stuff I'm doing. Right. But I just, I want to put it out there that it doesn't always work to call the narcissist out on their no, shit. In fact, it won't. That's the, the your, your winning move is not to play because they're not going to yeah, change. Yeah, because nothing you do is going to matter. Yeah. Okay. I will take the accountability and the culpability for the fact that at any given time, had I been strong enough, and I admit to the fact I wasn't strong enough. Okay. Had I been strong enough, and when I was finally strong enough, I did walk away because I realized the toxic situation that I was in. And just because of the fact that you happen to be in my life, okay, and I've credited you with being a big part of why I was able to walk away, because you helped me to see shit that other people weren't able, despite their efforts, to help me to see, and you gave me the courage to realize, I mean, this all started with the weight loss journey. This didn't start... Just with the podcast or with, you know, the feelings that we developed for one another. This started with the weight loss journey that then gave me the strength to realize that the one thing in my life that had constantly plagued me, which was my inability to effectively lose significant weight, I had finally found a way to overcome that. Coupled with the job I talked about, the first dump truck job I had working on the mountain, where any day I could have fucking, you know, bought the farm essentially. Right. Okay. These were a couple of very, you know, important things in my life. And even before I met you, I had started making subtle changes to not be so afraid. So meeting you was just another link in my success chain in life of breaking free from, you know, the the Stockholm syndrome that was my childhood to the narcissistic relationship with my now ex-husband. Everything has been a a step and, and a progression. But ultimately... Realizing that I could lose that weight and keep it off was the first step in realizing that I could have control over my own life. And part of that control was realizing that I was worth more than the way I was being treated by him. And, you know, another thing the pedal heads have to understand, okay, you can you can form whatever opinion about me you choose. I'm not going to be offended because everybody has the right to their opinion. I just want you all to know that when you spend countless years being accused of cheating because every new person that comes into your life in whatever capacity, be they male or female, coworker, friend, or maybe even boss or trainer, as the situation dictates, I was accused of having sex with. Despite the fact that they were miles away, maybe I've never even met them in person in your 
you know, in your circumstance. I mean, you were 2,500 miles away from me when we started our podcast. Both of us were still, you know, very much married and not even thinking about stepping outside of that bound, let alone catching feelings for one another. We were literally just two people who shared common thoughts and ideas and, you know, were able to have an interesting conversation with one another and never be bored, essentially. And there was not, I mean, I've told the story a hundred thousand times. I used to look at your running pics and there was nothing that I felt when I looked at those pictures. I didn't think, oh my God, he's the most gorgeous man I've ever met. I have to meet him. But there was something that intrigued me. I wanted to get to know you because your intelligence fascinated me. And I enjoyed being able to communicate with people who I could be myself. And I didn't have to worry about dumbing myself down or trying to be smarter than I was. I could just be me. Yeah. So ultimately, all of those things, you know, you accuse someone of cheating long enough. They're finally going to have enough. And I want it known how many times. And I am going to hit him with this. I've been mulling it over and I really think I am going to hit him with it when it's finally said and done. How many times he said to me, I can't give you what you need or what you want. You need to go find someone else. Well, guess what, dickhead? I did. And I don't regret it. And I think when this is all said and done, I'm going to tell him, you know what? I spent years listening to you tell me that you couldn't give me what I needed or wanted and to go find somebody else. All I did was what you told me to do. Why are you so salty? Yeah, well, and I hope she's fine with the way things are now. So, um, yep. Okay, so let's let's we're, let's let's uh, yeah we we rabbit we keep this is a, this is a rabbit hole episode. Um, all right, so <clears throat> what so in addition to maintaining strong boundaries and you know keeping you know really got to stick to your boundaries is uh, if you do have to communicate with them right, make sure you keep your communication brief and to the point. Uh, my responses to my not soon enough X tend to be in the form of uh, checks. Um, or uh, very carefully crafted words. If I, you know, if, if they're they're going to either go through my lawyer, or if I have to communicate with her directly, it's like one sentence, two sentences. Yeah, but in most. fairness, we are very much enjoying the fact that you make out your reimbursement checks for the medical to your daughter, which absolutely infuriates that heifer. Oh yeah. So there you go. Um, so if you do have to communicate, yes, be, be brief and to the point. So you basically, why are you? you know, what's the purpose you're communicating? You know, so be clear that you know why you need to communicate with them uh, and, and what it's about, and have a plan so that you're only dealing with the the little the, the minimal part of this. And yes, yeah, stick to the facts. Don't any of the stuff that they bring up that's that's uh, that's it's triggering. Just ignore it because you're only dealing with one thing now. And if you uh, if you are asking them for something, if you have something to offer them in return, uh, yeah, that helps and i and i can tell you exactly and, and this is actually i've got a i've got a story about this that i that and then we'll wrap this up um but um but yeah um so as part of this process i got my uh i needed to get the title for my vehicle and so uh and at some point i had asked for this i said uh, i'd like you to sign over the title to my car uh, and i'll do it for the other cars and uh you know so that and now when i came when i went over to the house for the last time to pick up uh some items uh the the the, the title was there in the car uh or there in the in the stuff it wasn't signed or anything but i had the title um so um yeah and then uh now what's what's happened since then is my my daughter's had an accident and uh and so they in in you know she's fine apparently and the, the car uh you know the the car got totaled and they want me to sign the the you know the um the stuff over uh to you know they want to so that the insurance company can total the car 
uh, yeah, uh, no, not doing that. Um, you know, because her lawyer told her not to to take to you know to to sign over the stuff before, and of course, you know, that's probably going to come up in the divorce. Now it's like, no, I don't see any reason to do it. Uh, I offered to do it in the past. Now you can wait until this is over. And uh, yeah, but the, but the only reason that she allowed me to get my stuff to do that for me is because again, well, that one was you know, but I had other. Or there, actually, it was the previous one where she let me in the house to fix the cable modem. That was the only reason she let me in the house, like because her cable wasn't working. I'm like, well, I don't know what it is, and I, the only way I'm going to be able to, to, to troubleshoot it is to be in the house. So at that point, she, that was the only time she agreed to let me in the house because you know, again, I had to help her. That was the only way that that was going to work. So. Um, yeah, so ultimately, um, yeah, but that's if you're going to deal with a narcissist, make sure you have something to offer them in return because that's that's the only way they're going to participate in all this. So, um, so with that, um, you know, I think we've 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 exhausted this topic, and you know, honestly, like, I think we have, yeah, and you know, I'm so fucking over this. All right, so you know, yeah. so how do we end this thing? Yeah, we, you did no, and yeah, and it it, it ends something like this jordan fades back swoosh and that's the game fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool and fuck you i'm out you're still here it's over go home go